passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Door. Bumper. Clear. What's up? Freddie Kraft here, and you're listening to Door Bumper Clear, presented by OfferPad. We're back from a crazy day in New Hampshire. We're going to have Alan Beswick jump in to join us, talk a little bit of SRX and some NASCAR calls. We're also going to talk about the leaders wrecking in the rain, calling the race early, no traction compound, and the big news from the Wood Brothers and Team Penske. Let's get started. Nobody's listening, but I don't care. I'm on an episode of Door Bumper Clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, as part of the 22 Cup car, only this weekend. Single single guest in the house this week. I mean, where's everybody at? I don't know. What's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, Jeb Burton this weekend. Uh, and I don't know where everybody went. There's nobody uh, here, apparently, just us and Jason. Apparently they're both in the same place though, right? Yeah, well, I, I, Brett's on vacation, I don't know where the hell he went. He's probably in Banana Land or some shit. but uh, I think Casey joined him there. I don't know. They're I, I forget where they said they were going. Brett's flights only cost like one point two million to get down <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> well, I mean, if you knew what this clown spent on his vacation, he better have the time of his life. I can promise you that much. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, this guy. I realize I understand this guy semi-retired from spotting. I did not realize he semi-retired from podcasting as well. I thought he was. I thought he'd be joining you know, us a little give, more this year. We give Casey a lot of. A lot of flack for being late and missing shows, but I think she's made more shows than Brett. Oh, a hundred percent, definitely in studio. I, I mean, I feel like Brett's only—he's batting about four hundred this year. Brett lost uh, some credibility when he started texting us all at four o'clock in the morning after Daytona, I think it was, and you know, he's like, "I talk about this." Oh, by the way, I'm not going to be there. Like <laughs> that was uh, that was on the spur of the moment thing, wasn't it? That was yeah, spur of the moment. He's yeah. on his own schedule. Well, you know, and he well, yeah, he, he did the same thing last night. And he's talking about he can't, you know, he's got no internet, so that he can't zoom in. But I see him already tweeting this morning, so yeah, things I, can't be that bad. There is zero chance where Brett's going and does not have internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know as well as I do, there's no chance that it doesn't have internet. Yeah. So anyway, Loudon, you had a you had a hell of a day yesterday. Yeah, I think we passed the field four <laughs> times, maybe. Um, yeah, that was in a wasn't ideal we uh we had a problem right from the very beginning of the race with the throttle linkage i guess um he just said it felt spongy and he wasn't sure if he was getting full throttle so which could be an issue um so it's something that we had to address 
at some point, I don't know if we, I don't know if that's the way we intended to address it, but that's the way it got dealt with. Uh, so we had uh, we had a really good car too from the beginning of the race before the uh, little rain shower hit there. We went from like fifteenth to sixth, and I mean we got a couple of them from uh, one and two there. But still, I mean, again, I mean, I could tell it was a good car because he could get down underneath people and just drive off the corner. When you get when you get underneath people at Loudon, that Loudon, and can still complete the pass and you know carry a good run down the straightaway, your car is pretty strong. And that's what that's what I saw in the very you know the first four or five laps there. Um, it's just unfortunate that you know they're I don't know it's just I hate that we. Um, that it got, I, I don't know, I really, I don't know anything about it yet, so I just, you know, it's put us in a hole to begin with, and kind of always seems like that happens when you have a car as good as that, it's always like something kind of happens to make your day super hard, it's really hard, it's really hard to complete those races sometimes when you have a car that good, but I definitely felt like we had a car that could have uh, competed, competed up there in the top four, uh, especially on a late race restart or something, we were able to hang on, and and to pass as many cars as we did. And I hate, I hate being in that situation. Cause when you line up in the back, you don't have any, any choice, but to just go, you have to go hard. You can't sit around and wait. Cause when the leaders start lapping cars, you got to try to get to them too. So you can, you can be the lucky dog. And we were right on the verge of it a couple times. And then the four, the 14 stalled out of turn four and ended up being a straightaway in front of the leaders. And he got lapped and it was like, I mean, just kind of, yeah. one thing after another but we were able to fight back and and make a make a solid finish i would i would have liked a green white checker at the end though i think that would have been interesting yeah for sure uh the, all the penske cars were good yesterday um yeah. seems like a lot of the fords had speed we talked about on here last week where they were they've been struggling lately and uh you know they they, they found something yesterday i don't know if it's a little love from somewhere or you know you got the penske car i mean not the penske cars the hendrick cars just haven't been the same since we heard of those rumors of you know nascar maybe messing with their noses a little bit uh really haven't heard much from them definitely haven't been as dominant as they were unfortunately all the, the fast toyotas all wrecked uh you know yeah. the 18 and 19 wrecked bell was good at the end uh danny was good at the end but he had a issue with a lug nut sticking behind the wheel there so he had to come in for a second pit stop but but the fords definitely showed out yesterday and i mean talk about flipping the playoffs on its head double a goes out there and wins the race and now you've got now you've got reddick and uh and austin Austin. dale and teammates competing with each other five points of difference for that last playoff spot yeah i don't this playoff system now is we're getting um crunch time is is real like this is supposed to be a relaxing couple off weeks but it's not going to be for a handful of people you know there's guys there's got you know tyler you know reddick and and uh, Austin and and I mean, even Harvick's got to be thinking about it a little bit, you know. He's got and he's he was actually uh, really good yesterday. That's one of his better tracks too. But uh, he was really good. But man, I'm you look at these races coming up. What do we got? Watkins Glen, Michigan, Daytona, Indy Road Course, Indy Road Course. I mean, you're throwing some wild cards in there. I mean, especially just look at Daytona alone. The guys that think about the guys that aren't in the playoffs right now. You're talking Busher. Stenhouse, DiBenedetto, Bubba, uh, Newman, Priest. These are all guys that run really well at plate races that could very easily go out there and steal a win at Daytona. And now you're talking about bumping out both of the you know RCR cars. And, and if somebody sneaks a win out of the road course, there goes Kevin Harvick. <laughs> and honestly, yeah, I mean, it, it could get really interesting. 
and that's what this system does. So that's what it was built for. And, you know, this is, uh, it's coming out of the end of the season. So, you know, it's, it's, I, I like it. It's pressure packed yeah. for I sure. I mean, you talk about the last couple of years, 2020, five guys pointed their way in 2019, six guys, 2018, five guys. So now, you know, right now you're at three and then say somebody else wins Daytona. You're talking about two guys pointing their way in. So it's, it's, it's done what they wanted. You know, it's put more emphasis on wins. And, and I seen a lot of people complaining yesterday that, you know, it's not right that a guy that was 27th in points goes and, and, you know, wins a race. And now he's got a chance to complete for the championship. That's no different than the, the 15 seed beating the two seed in the damn NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean, you get hot at the right time, you get hot at the right time. And, and, and they've had some speed lately and it's in, they, I mean, they were they didn't fluke into that win yesterday. They were hauling ass at the yep. end of that race. Some of them teams that, but that's the reason why people like March Madness is because of the unknown, and this is the unknown. And you take some of those teams that get in at the very end, maybe questionably shouldn't be there. And that's just like this. I mean, but the guy they've obviously won something at some point to put themselves on the map enough to to get recognized to be in the playoff. And Eric went out there and earned this. I don't know how you can say he didn't, you know, yeah, he's had really bad luck this year, but the dude just won a race. And he went out there and passed some of the best in the sport, some of the best at that track at it. I mean, he, you know, Blaney was really good. He passed, that's one of Brad's best tracks. And, you know, he dueled it out with some of the best right there and, and won the race. I don't know how you can take that from him. Yeah, I mean, and you think these guys don't think about it, you know, that, that aren't aware did you see how hard the old three car race to ten when he was trying to lap him? Oh, it was, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. he knows he needed yeah. to do everything he could to keep that ten out of victory lane, and he just couldn't do it. I, yeah. I still can't believe you picked the ten last week. I don't know how you pulled that out of your ass. Brett did, but if you oh, watched, Brett did? yeah, yeah, Brett did. Man, I thought you did. I thought I did. Who'd I pick? I had Keselowski. I thought you it picked was, the Bendetto, TJ. Oh, that's right. Uh, Damn it! I thought you picked. You know what I told? I did tell uh, another spotter, Brandon Benish's kid, before the race because if you look at. All the race replays. I mean, if you go back and look at some replays, the 10 always runs good there. Like, he always runs good, and he just hasn't been able to put it together. He had one race where they had, he was probably going to win there, and they had a pit road problem late in the race. And uh, he he just – he's got a short track background, so anytime you go to these tracks, he's going to be – he's usually more competitive than what you think. So, solid win for Eric. Congrats to him, and, you know, I thought it was a – are we talking about the track anymore? Yeah, we'll yeah. get to it. Okay. I'll tell you what. The, the one last thing here before we move on to spot on, spot off. I got a huge follow on Twitter yesterday. Who? Huge follow. TJ Majors. <laughs> I mean, oh, now. Are you shitting me? You know, I was I was looking. <laughs> oh I was like, God. man. Well, I don't, I don't really, honestly, I don't scroll Twitter that much. And I was like, you know what? I want to see it. I wanted to see like Freddie had to say. I'm like, man, I don't see anything from Freddie. So I went and looked and I'm like. Then the follow button's not lit up. I'm like, damn. <laughs> so, how long have you known him? Uh, ten years. Or yeah, so, I don't know. Big deal. Wow. Um, and I, <laughs> so, like, it, we were getting ready for the race, and I'm like, oh, follow. And I text him. Like, <laughs> I see Freddie looking at his phone. Like, <laughs> he texts me. He goes, I didn't realize I wasn't following you. I didn't even uh, realize. I was it. like, what the? My bad. Nice. TJ's on Twitter day and night. And doesn't even so follow Freddie. You know, it, it wasn't all rainy for Freddie yesterday. He got some sunshine there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh, big day, boy. huh? <laughs> All right, let's get it rolling, yeah, So Jason. before we start, let's hear some more from our presenting sponsor, OfferPad. So, Ginny, what makes you an awesome different driver? Well, there's a lot to it. Man, 
it's a rush. So what makes home selling with OfferPad awesome different? Oh, so much. But with OfferPad, it's a lot more home selling stuff and a lot less bumping into people. I don't bump into anyone. Home selling with OfferPad is awesome different. Request your free cash offer today at OfferPad.com. Great news, Freddie. Our presenting sponsor, OfferPad, wants to buy your home. Okay, go ahead. I'm listening. OfferPad provides a home selling experience different than anything you have ever experienced before. It's awesome different. I like the sound of awesome different. How can OfferPad buy my home? Well, first you log on to OfferPad.com and tell OfferPad about your home. Then, within 24 hours, you'll receive an offer. Man, that sounds like a breeze, TJ. OfferPad, please buy my house. I am begging you. Now, once Megan finds out, <laughs> once you submit that form, they'll get right on it. And don't forget, when asked where you heard about OfferPad, select the NASCAR option so they know we sent you. Spot on, spot off, lot to cover, a lot of good stuff from Sunday in New Hampshire. We'll start off with NASCAR changing its mind on Friday night and deciding not to apply the traction compound at New Hampshire. Freddie, spot on, spot off. I mean, I don't, spot, spot off for the timing of it. I don't have an issue with them not applying the traction compound. That's, that's here, there, you know, if you want to, it's your racetrack, your, your, you know, your race, whatever you want to do there, but the timing of it was awful. You know, you, the cars are already either at the racetrack or on their way to the racetrack with a setup built into them that has been, you know, simmed and scienced out for a week, two weeks, probably more than that. Probably how many man hours were spent? I, you know, I should have reached out to some of our car chief buddies or engineer buddies. See how many man hours are spent on a setup that now you've just crumpled up and thrown in the trash. Uh, you know, it's I, like, again, I don't have an issue with it, but I saw excuses and I thought they were. They were kind of BS excuses that, you know, the NASCAR, the cup race is going to be first, and we didn't want to do that. Well, we did it last year. The cup race was the only race that ran that weekend. They sprayed the track, and we were the first one. So that was a BS excuse. I think it had more to do with the weather. You know, I think that's why it was such a late call in the week that they saw the way the forecast was going. They were supposed to apply Saturday morning, and the yeah. weather was awful Sunday night. I'm sorry, Saturday, Sunday morning. The weather was awful Saturday night into Sunday morning. It was morning. iffy. Yeah, I mean, like. I'm fine with it, but we talk about transparency all the time. Like, the reason why you didn't spray was not because the cup race was going to be first. It was probably because of weather or whatever other reason. Maybe you just didn't want to do oh, it. Yeah, I would just say, hey, the weather. We're not doing it. <laughs> the weather is going to be iffy this weekend. We're not going to be able to get a good layer of it down. I'm uh, I'm spot off because of the um, the timing. I had already done all my work and everything, and, and already had me and Joey had already went over our restart stuff a couple times. I have pages of notes, and when that came out, I texted Joey. I said, "I guess that was worthless." <laughs> um, but I don't, I don't mind it there. But I also think Loudon's a place that doesn't necessarily need it. You know, we don't. the The reason, one of the things about a track like Loudon and Bristol and Martinsville is because there's a preferred lane and got. Guys, you got to try to get your car good in that lane, but it's kind of cool because there's there, Loudon actually has different different techniques that you can use because of the, how the corners are. If you go in low, you're going to be slower in the middle. If you arc it a little bit, you roll the middle, and there's different. And these guys are good enough. I I mean, I thought the race was pretty good yesterday. So I I thought the race was great yesterday. 
And you know, I, I still felt like there was some kind of remnants. I felt I saw it in the modified race. You know, there was something yeah. with the grip lanes that you know you bit. needed to use them a little bit. I mean, obviously it wasn't as gripped up as it had been when you sprayed it in the past. But I mean, you and Loudon was, I in my opinion, one of or the best track that they applied the PJ one to. I thought it helped the racing there the most in the past. Um, so, you know, I, it didn't kill it. It didn't. Yeah. It didn't it like didn't, make it one lane. Yeah. Like it has to some of these other places. Like when you put it on Texas and, and Kentucky, yeah. there's like a fine line there. It, there's actually, when they spray it at a place like there, like you, they spray a Texas and it's still one lane kind yeah. of, it just takes a lane and moves it to a different lane. Really? Yeah. But um, it, one track that, it, that I, I mean, I'm okay with, they don't do it was loud though, yeah. but spot off for the timing. It, and you talk about it being a good race. I thought it was a great race, but. It's something else that we've beat to death on here in the past. 750 engine, low downforce package. I looked this morning, I seen Gluck's post was up to, you know, 85% yes to a good race. Yeah, it was a great I race. I mean, it's, it's, and this is, this is no, you know, 90, a lot of times when you see these high vote totals of, you know, 80, 90% of a good race, it's because, you know, we ran around there all day and we had some kind of late restart and we were five wide and we all went, you know, it was a good some finish. Of them were- you know, I, I can promise you that if 22 won, it would have been about a 60%. <laughs> well, that's how it but, works. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's just this package. It works, you know, and it always will work. You know, if you if you run that big motor with the low down force, the racing's going to be better. It's just it's that simple. They so, also, you notice these guys, how close were the guys racing for the lead? I mean, there's numerous times. They went out in the corner, and I was like, ooh, that's close. I mean, they're, and this really shows – the skill set these guys have too to be able to race that close to each other when there's not a big arrow you know arrow problem these guys can i mean they're <laughs> they pinch each other off a two and you're like oh they're gonna hit and they're like no they made it no problem yeah not not like, even just the leaders everybody the whole field yeah like it's it's hard racing like it's good it's like it's a huge short track and these guys like man they were and they were bumping and banging and stuff, and I mean, I I don't know how you get a much better race than that. Like as far as like, you know, got putting them all close together, and and you know those guys showing off their that was a that was a you saw the you saw some of the skill come out in some of these guys. Like we know Harvick's good there. His short you know short track. Eric's really good at short tracks. Brad this the old Brad from Loudon came out. You remember like he used oh, yeah. to dominate. That's why I picked him. So. You know you and. I don't know. It's just a. I thought it was just a good race, man. Like overall, exciting. I mean, there was never when they were raced for the lead. It was like, oh, they're they're close, you know. And when uh, Brad and Blaney were racing for the lead, did you see that? How could you not? Yeah, well, I was figuring. Out, I thought I had two extra <laughs> spots coming my way. <laughs> did you think Brad would have raced him as hard if he was going back to Penske next year, or do you think he was just I mean, uh, no care in the world, just kind of going hard as possible? I also saw Brad get into Blaney and then let him have it back because he didn't feel right about it. He hit him in turn two. He got him cross up in two and then lifted down the backstretch to get back in line. I think they showed that on TV. Yeah. And, and to me, that was Brad saying, look, I don't want to pass you that way. I, you know, there's, I'm not going to do it that way. Um, very respectful thing to do. I, I mean, if you're second place and you get the leader out of shape a little bit and have a great run, are you backing out? No. no I mean, he, he probably could have cleared Blaney down unless in the three. It's unless it's Danny, we might have to back out. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I mean, that was uh, – that shows you the respect that Brad still has for, you know, you know his teammates and whoever he's racing at that point in time, but especially a teammate. No caution for rain before the cup field went off into a wet turn one and two on lap six, and Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, and others crashed. Freddie, spot on, spot off. 
spot off. I mean, I guess spot on, we got two spots out of it, but uh, I don't get it. Um, I, maybe I misunderstood this transmission pre-race, and I don't know if you heard it or not, but there was obviously bad weepers in turn one and turn three, like at the quarter mark and the three-quarter mark, basically, where they had to cut the racetrack and try to disperse water there. Um, you saw it all race long. Every time the yellow came out, they had to go back and work on it, clean the apron up. We rolled through there with on two to go, and Kip in the pace car said, we, we need to make, make another pass through there and get a look at it. And in my mind, that meant we either needed to add a lap, or I didn't know if he meant make another pass with the, with the jets or whatever they were going to use to try and suck that water up and then look at it. But the next transmission from NASCAR was one to go at the line. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess we're just going to go. And Bubba had made a comment like two or three last four. He's like, man, it's really wet down there still. Like, it's not dry. Oh, yeah. And when I said one to go, he's like, oh, okay, I guess we're going. You know, like, held it. Um, And then, you know, you talk about the rain. And it was – it was a – it rolled in. But, like, they they made it sound like they were surprised – I don't know about your team. My team from the box said, Freddie, 10, 15 minutes, it's going to be raining. We're getting the shower. Yeah. It's coming in. Um, so, you know, it, it couldn't have been that big a surprise if they have all the – I'm sure they have all the radar technology that everybody else has up there. Um, and it starts to roll in, and and the the lap before – I mean, every lap we went in there on the bottom, we were sideways, you know, just probably running through that water on the bottom. See, we were gaining spots. Through it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know – you go down, the, you know, they all go down into turn one. They You see a bunch of them get loose. Oh, I saw them. And I'm like, okay. And then the next time through there, they all wreck, you know, and it's like they called it in. They were talking to the flag stand as we were coming down the front straightaway, and the flag stand and the corner workers were calling it a mist. And I'm like, this is this is pretty heavy for a mist. And then, of course, they go down and turn one. And, and to their credit, they came out and said that they, they needed to throw the yellow a little bit sooner, and they were getting ready to throw it as they all wrecked. But But still, we talk about, you know, having the right people in key positions and and I don't know who the who the corner workers were yesterday. I don't know who the flag man was yesterday, but you know, it's it's they need to do a better job of when it's when the rain's picking up, don't er, let's err on the side of throw the yellow. I I feel like a lot of times even when it's a debris, you know, they're calling for debris or or whatnot, they try to err on the side of keeping it green and and it becomes a safety concern and you, and you end up with a little egg on your face when you let your your two leaders go in the corner and wreck like that. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm spot off because I don't. You hate to see this, and sometimes, sometimes rain showers do, do. I mean, it, look, man, it can happen in a heartbeat. In Michigan, one time we came off of turn four, and um, it just. I mean, it was only out of turn four. It was like a hundred yards of the racetrack. It was raining nowhere else. And were you there for that? Which one is in Michigan? We come off turn four, and it was literally like. 100, 200 yards of track right there, so. and it was the only spot it was raining on the track. And it didn't go across the track. It just entered right there. Um, But, yeah, I, I don't know if – I almost feel like – see, I think their spotters are on the inside of the track. And I don't I don't know this for a fact. I'm not sure. But, you know, when they're asking for rain, you're asking a guy that's on the inside of the track, like the pace car. What do you got in turn one? Well, the pace car is, you know, on the inside. If you go out to the edge of the wall, it's a good little – hike sometimes and i don't know if maybe you know maybe you put somebody up in the top of the grandstands hey you know you want to you want to get it before it gets to the track like it was a light mist for a little bit and you could see it rolling in um i i saw it on the radar before it was built and you could see it off turn one and two for a little ways and 
I told Joey the lab before. I'm like, look, man, I'm starting to see guys slip. Just stay on the tracks in front of you. Don't try to get any more. Just, you know, keep doing what you're doing. Don't do any more here for a minute. And luckily, I was I saw I saw a couple slip off turn four, and I looked down on one, and I'm, I saw the 18 going there. As soon as I saw the back end break loose, I looked back for for Joey and just started humming, slow into one, slow into one, sweat, it's wet, slow, slow, slow. Just, yeah. and he got slowed down in time, but definitely. Um, you hate to see this happen, and this 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 type of deal happens maybe once every few years where weather, you know, they're trying to get the race, and if they if they throw the yellow and it you know lightens up right away, everyone's like, oh, we could have kept going, especially if it rains later, and and everyone's like, well, if we didn't throw the yellow for that, we'd be halfway by now. You know, there's it's a it's a very touchy scenario, but you always have to you always gotta. You got to take care of the race cars, man. The guys out there, you got to, you know, always, always be proactive in that situation. Um, in my opinion, be a little more proactive towards it. And, you know, if look, if it's a chance it's wet down there, we don't need to send them guys in there full throttle. You know, we don't need to do that. But definitely a, definitely a tough, it's just a judgment call at that time. Like, is it raining hard enough or isn't raining hard enough? So, yeah. Um, and tough we've, calls. And though. we've seen at tracks where we can run in the mist i just thought you know and you could kind of see it yesterday oh we've ran in mist like, yeah you could see it yesterday though like i noticed pit road changed colors you know and that's one you can that's yeah. where that's kind of the easiest way to tell is i thought it was a lap late yeah oh yeah i think 100 percent. i thought when i saw them guys i saw that leader get in there get sideways the lap before yeah. not get sideways but kind of just slide you know like and you could tell and then we went in the bottom and was hanging off for dear life on the bottom we got loose almost every lap and you know, it, it's Run just the same thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> we were, you know, I just started, you know, same thing into one. I saw them guys yeah. wrecking. It's like, check up, check up. It's raining, you know, because you don't know. We don't know how hard it's raining. You know, we see, like, we're on the roof down, yeah. you know, whatever, quarter mile, half mile from from wherever they're going to be racing at in turn one. And we have no idea how hard it's raining over there. You know, it could be pouring yeah. like they did that year at the All-Star Race, you know. I mean, 100 yards makes a big difference. Yeah. From where somebody's sitting inside the track, hey, it's not raining here. Well, it could be raining out there in the groove. Yeah. You know, it makes a big difference. And if you're, and it's, I mean, uh, listen, if you're in the sitting in the pace car, you know, you can know obviously how hard it's raining by your windshield, but you can't see the the color of the pavement. I mean, you can see yeah. it, but it's you can have a ba- way better vantage point from if up you in have the to tower. Turn your wipers on at all? <laughs> yeah. It's probably too hard. I mean, I know they they have. I don't know. They used to have those spotters. I don't know if they're still there or not. I see there. Are people deal? up there now? The the Sunoco signs. You always see the yeah. Sunoco signs, and there's there's a, a little platform in the middle of there. So I don't know if that's where they have them at. But just, I, I feel like in in all situations, not just the rain, some of them are afraid to speak up unless they're asked the question, and then. When they are asked, they always try to like, no, no, we're good, you know, our track's yeah. clear, or what, like, and then a couple laps later, we you know, we saw it a couple weeks ago. Where was that? Nashville with all the the brake pieces all over the racetrack, you know, it's like they just need to error. I understand we don't want to throw yellows unnecessarily, but at the same time, you if if you can't be scared to throw a yellow and have your have your people in the corners afraid to speak up when it when it, it may be warranted. What about Kyle Busch giving the pace car a little bump after his wreck? I think he was trying to knock the left rear fender into the into the tire. I think that was a situation like you wreck my car, I'm gonna wreck yours. <laughs> so that <laughs> that tell you, so Hirsch is right in front of me, Kyle Spotter, and I'm like, man, I'm you know sorry, it's bad, you know, just bad luck. Just, I mean, he has he's had a lot of good luck too. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, sorry, that's just that's terrible, man. Then he's sitting there, kind of. He's yelling at the NASCAR official, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, Hirsch, 
tell him he's about to get in trouble. You need to tell him to stop. I'm like, look, he's about to get in trouble. Like, you might wanna, you might wanna tell him to chill. We, that was uh, <laughs> I said something. To, uh, our my crew chief came on channel two, like after we got the yellow out and everything. He's like, yikes. I said, yeah. I said, you see KB right now? And he's like, oh, yeah. Can we never do that, please? I said, <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't, that's probably a good idea. That's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll talk about it, but um, is it coming up later, Jason? No. no, this is it. All right. Well, I mean, that's probably something you don't do. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll, I, we'll find out this week. Yeah. Here's how we we're, will. here's how we're going to find out this week how, how bad NASCAR feels for, for, for botching this call. Whether or not what kind of penalty comes down on the eighteen? Because if it's light, that's that's them kind of saying, "Okay, we get it. We screwed you. You dented the back of our pace car." If they hammer them down, they they're going to feel like they they didn't do nothing wrong, and and eighteen's way out of line. So we'll we'll see this week what kind of penalties come from knocking the bumper off the pace car. <laughs> Joey Logano, TJ's driver, penalized for two laps after the team worked on the car under the red flag. TJ, you spot believe on, them? spot off. <laughs> Who would do such a thing? Spot off, man. <laughs> it's a piece of track. Jeez, I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, rolls are rolls. I mean, you, you can't make adjustments to the car, and apparently I wasn't down there. Apparently they felt like we made an adjustment. So you're not going to – you're wasting your time arguing it. You're not going to win. And once they make the call, you're not – it is what it is. It's it's obviously a mistake, and it, and you can see in the video – it's probably just like second nature. I don't know who the guy was. Look yeah. at if his engine tuner or what. You know, he flips up the cowl on the hood and just re- like must have seen something or whatever. Reaches yeah. in there to do like, and it's probably just natural to him. Like, oh, there, there it is. Oh, oh. Apparently, it was a piece of sealer from the track that came up and just flung up there and hit just right. I mean, I'm not. I, don't, yeah. I can't say that's confirmed, but that's what I heard. Yeah. So, and, and he probably saw that. It was like, oh, just let me get that. Yeah, and it's piece like, of rubber. Oh. Uh, you know, now you're like, and he, I guarantee, even that he, after he did that, he probably didn't even think anything of it until he got back and they're like, oh, penalty. Yeah. And they're like, oh, man. Uh, That's a pretty big hole to dig out. And then, of. like you talked about earlier, I thought, so I thought you were going to get them both right back. You know, we, oh, get, we yeah. get the 38. And we're not that lucky, man. We get the 38 there, or 38 gets in us and spins. We get one back. And then you get one back. And then the next restart, the 51 spins. And I'm like, oh, damn, he's going to get both of them back right here. And the 51 does a donut and keeps going. And I'm like, oh, that burned yeah. him right there. Uh, but it, yeah. it, that hurt right there. And then, and then, like you said, you spend the rest of the race. You're, you're one down, but you're to tail one down. So if we run. Oh, I was getting flipped off by people and everything. But you don't have a choice, no, man. No, because the, if we run 30, 40 laps, they're going to start lapping the BJs and, That's the, what and happened. the Rick they Ware got cars. To the 78. And yeah. we couldn't. We had to wait until. They were numerous laps down almost because one of them is just fast enough to stand the lead or be right there at the edge of it, and you got to come from the back, so you have to make up a whole track on the guy. Yeah, and it's hard, man. I mean, I was getting flipped off by people, and our car was good. Um, is that any different than normal? No, not really. Uh, not really. <laughs> not really. One guy. I mean, just we different set of circumstances. We pass everyone like all the way up to probably like 10th. We pass all them people like three or four times. I'm sure they were sick of seeing us because it is aggravating when a car a lap down catches you and is you're kind of racing. You're you're fighting for everything you can. You're a couple car lengths off the guy in front of you. Well, that guy can't just ride behind you. We've got a, we've got a goal too, and our goal might be like the 14 car got passed by the four when he was leading. My goal, our goal at that time was to catch that 14. Yeah. And if we were faster than you, we needed to go because he was coming back to us. I couldn't – we can't afford to sit there and ride behind you. I mean, it's just – you can't – like, you just got to get all you can. And 
we did, and we eventually got it back. But man, it's not a fun, not a fun deficit to come. Did out you event, did you get did you get two lucky dogs or did you lucky dog and wave? No, we got two lucky dogs. Yeah, we weren't. Um, the runs were a little bit too long to to. Um, yeah, just cautions and yeah, and no, we would have had to pit. But and we would we would have really been in trouble if we would have had to pit. So you know, Paul and them did a great job. You know, playing it right. Just wish, um, you know, <laughs> late race restart would have been fun, especially as deep as we could drive into the corner. There's one time I think Bubba probably got mad at me, but you were literally five back in the three, <laughs> and I was so like fun. five back twenty one inside the holy. Like, where did he come from? Didn't like, he run the bottom and we kind of went down in there and he moved up? Because like, uh, I think it I think surprised we, I think we were, yeah, I'm sure it did. Because I, like, literally <laughs> the last thing I said was five back 22. And next thing I know, you're ripping the bottom and we we're probably running our normal. Our normal line was like kind of run diamond the corner and come back down the hill. And I'm he sure he could make it work. Probably. Like, oh, he could. Because like, a lot of guys couldn't get off the corner running down there. You know, yeah, you could no, run he, down there and make up a lot of time. And then, like, the three quarter mark, you'd have to kind of give up a little bit. But he just kept rolling the bottom. I was like, okay. He can make it work, man. Another guy, you know, people were like, oh, why well, you die by? I'm like, dude, that's our advantage is getting into the corner and grip and sticking like that. Why would you not use it? That's the whole goal. Yeah, that's we, how you pass. The when you fought, when you passed us, we tried to do it for a couple. Of, I'm like the 22, super aggressive on the bottom, using the bottom grip yeah. there, and we we would we could do the same thing. We we, we could run with you to the half Middle, three yeah. quarter mark, and then then you would drive away. I think and we surprised the, a little bit. It was funny because about the third time we passed everybody up through there, I think they realized how deep we could get into the corner low. So we get within like you know a couple. Uh, you know, once you know the guy knows you're going to be there. They'd just run the top because they know Joey was going to be on the apron or something down there. We scared – I'm pretty sure we scared Kurt one time because we went in down there and I think I saw Joey all four on the flat and Kurt just like hung a right in the middle of the corner. Like it was pretty exciting. Yeah. Spot off for the penalty though still. <laughs> Joey did say it was taking a photo. That was his reasoning. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. Really. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, and when we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man, and you got to be careful, and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. All right. After getting spun by Ryan Newman, Quinn Hauf says, I know he sees retirement in the future. He's got to dump everybody else. Freddie, spot on, spot off. I boy. Mean, this is your son listen, right here. Is, uh, <laughs> listen, I'm proud of him. I mean, uh, you know, I first thing that – I ask for some of the, you know, the younger or the newer spotters come up to me and they're spotting for some of the, the, the Rick Ware cars or whoever that might not be on the pace. And they're, their first thing they say is, you know, how do I get out of the way? What's, where, what should I do? And the first thing I tell them, I'm, I don't know about TJ, but I don't care where you go. As long as you go to the same place every time we get to you, because that makes us comfortable to where I know if I'm catching a double zero, I can tell Bubba, all right, slow one's going to be up top. 
or slow one, he'll be on the bottom, or he's going to be in the middle. But as long as you're in the same place every time we catch you, I'm fine with it, you know, because at least we have a warning. You know, obviously, some situations, if you're the leader running a guy down, you might go down and ask him to get out of that lane because you know you know where he's going to be at and you might want that lane. But throughout the race consistently, if as long as they're in the same lane, I'm good with it. Um, and Quinn was in the – he ran that second lane all day long, and you had to go to the bottom to pass him, and it is what it is. Now, I caught the very end of it, but it looked to me – like the six just drove into three and and drove into the back of them and turned them around. I don't know if maybe they needed a caution for something. Uh, but, you know, it looked to me like he just ran the double zero over. Yeah, it was uh, kind of uncommon to see. They played they were really tight. It looked like Quinn was up the track, and it looked like the six was still on him really tight. I don't know if Ryan was just trying to go in there. And I, I, I highly doubt Ryan went in there with intentions of just wrecking him because – the chances of Ryan, you know, getting damaged or flattening his right front are they're significantly higher when you hit like that. So I don't think Ryan went in there intentionally to wreck him, and it's probably not the publicity that he wants anyway from it. But you know, it's it's that's the thing. He probably went in there trying to stay tight on him and get a good run off so he could clear him. There's times we went in there with lap cars up there and, you, and we needed some racetrack and we were trying to get turned for exit because. You're trying to make the straightaways as long as you can, and the earlier you can be in the throttle and not have to lift, the better you're going to be. So guys are doing things like that, and Ryan probably just misjudged it a little bit, but it's exciting afterwards. The the thing that – so there's two things here, three things really. So he gets on the radio and he says, fix fix my car. i I got to go back out there and get him, which you're not going to do. We've talked about that 100 times on here. Empty threats. You say you're going to do it. You're never going to do it. Yeah. What the things that kind of – bothered me about the situation was you've got the Roush Fenway Twitter handle and kind of antagonizing another <laughs> driver. Like, I don't think that was necessary, but I thought Quinn's response to that tweet from them was great. Like yeah, it was the, actually pretty good. The fact that he was, lo- he said he's, you know, he respects the equipment. He respects people that work on the equipment. That's why he didn't go out there and wreck Ryan. But the fact that he said he was looking forward to their announcement tomorrow was <laughs> awesome because obviously we all know the announcement's going to be that Brad's going to Roush, and you would assume that Ryan's probably out unless they're going to add a third team, which I don't see on the horizon. I mean, the, but that you're, that was that was a, a subtle dig that I liked. It was actually pretty good. I you know the Twitter handle is suspect, but the response is great. <laughs> I, that, I said the Twitter the tweet from P One Huff was great, but we need to work on the Twitter handle still. Yeah, the Twitter handle the Twitter handle is suspect, man. So. I can't let him off the hook completely. I mean, he didn't he didn't do nothing wrong yesterday except for empty threats on the radio and maybe the Twitter yeah, handle. Honestly, but. he gets a lot of. He's gotten. I don't think he's. I mean, he's gotten better. Like he a hundred percent. He's gotten better, and some of the incidents that he's been involved in this year were clearly, like Nashville, that's not, like he's been involved in stuff that just makes him look real bad, but it really has nothing to do with him. You remember, I mean, literally, and I think that's why he gets a lot of flack on here, obviously. The whole pity thing was bad. Yeah, like last, a couple years ago, whenever he first started, we were talking about him every week, and it was something that he was doing wrong, whether he was was in the way or piling into a wreck or pitting from left field, you know, that was him, and you, we don't have many of that now. You know, I don't. Nah. I mean, he's out there, he's racing, he's improved. I don't as a have, driver. I don't have many issues with him when we're going around him. You know, I feel like he's not racing you hard. He kind of, you know, he he does a better job than he had in the past. So I don't have any problems he's with Quinn Huff. Bowl on the like, roof for him. I saw one of his guys. Who the bull? Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. We don't. Yeah, he's got a bigger spot now. We can't. No, mess you know with who him. was that? No, yeah, you know who was up there though. Who uh, was this week? Was Brian right? Yeah, he's, yeah. Brian does it whenever Brian, uh, Brian Keselowski. Yeah, uh, the bowl. 
Uh, but you know, he he's not listen, I I get it. He's fun to pick on because we pick on him all the time. We just only we need to do now. We're getting better on the racetrack. We just need to work on that Twitter handle. And <laughs> so what does it uh, need to be? I don't know. Quinn Hoff. It just let's yeah, just, just go take out the P and the number or whatever. Half, or just sorry. Half. Just put the Quinn or <laughs> Quinn Half. Let's yeah, the something other than P one Half would be would be anything besides that would be great. P two would be better. Um but I mean, I like the kid. I met him a couple times. Uh, he's a yeah, good he's kid. Actually a, yeah, he's 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 learning and he's getting better. That's all you can ask for. So, continue to get better. Don't do nothing stupid. You won't make one idiot. I mean, the guy basically skipped every feeder series into the cup cars and what race cup racing. So, it's there's an adjustment period. I, I was supposed to spot for him one race. Uh, oh, that'd have been awesome. I don't know. Maybe where you it still was. can. <laughs> I don't remember if it was in a truck. It was it like Kentucky, and I don't remember if it was a truck or an Xfinity car. But I think we didn't. I think rain like. Qualifying got rained out and he didn't get to race or something like that, but that would have been fun. <laughs> that uh, been fun. This was, I mean, this is six, seven years ago probably, but yeah, just just keep getting better, Quinn. And and I, hey, listen, I have no problem when they when they when the Twitter the team's Twitter handle of the guy that just wrecked you wants to talk a little crap. Be, by all means, you got free reign to go back at him. That was well played. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR's decision to call the race early because of darkness by announcing 10 laps to go with 19 remaining in the race. TJ, spot on, spot off. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of spot on. It was getting dark. I mean, it was starting to get dark, but we might have been able to make it. It had been close. So we Might. TJ, it was four minutes. Yeah. They saved eight laps. Yeah, I don't know. I would have liked to seen it finish. I mean, we finished a little bit dark. We ran a Martinsville race one time that was really, really dark. And Tony Stewart won a Kansas race one time before we tur- we put they put lights there, I believe. And it was really dark. I remember. I don't. This might have been before you were spotting. Actually, I'm pretty sure it was before you were spotting. But I mean, it was it was a little bit darker, but. I was getting ready to. It was getting ready to be exciting. I kind of wanted to see it. I kind of wanted to see it run a few more. Yeah, I mean, I saw Miller's video last night where he said that we made. They, so what happened in on the radio for anybody that wasn't listening? Uh, they came over the radio at the end of the second stage. I think it was right. Yeah, and they, they said we got an announcement to make, and we're gonna. I mean, essentially, they said we're gonna just call out ten to go whenever we want. I know. It- <laughs> And then Miller comes out last night and he says, you know, we made that announcement so the crew chiefs didn't have to worry about strategy. And I'm like, well, all you did was make them worry about strategy because they yeah. have their strategy played out. And now you just told them, hey, we could randomly throw 10 to go whenever the hell we want. And honestly, I thought it was going to come with about 50 to 60 to go. I thought it was going to happen then. I was expecting it. Yeah. So, I mean, we 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 weren't we had some damage to the car. We weren't running well. So we stayed out and tried to do the same thing. Like the Benedetto almost stole one. I thought there. that was a great play. To- but you know, I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, if I especially would've. like if you need a win, you know, whatever. But like, if you want to help the crew chiefs with strategy, there, I feel like this is just way too big of a gray area for NASCAR to say, "Hey, we might at some point we're going to tell you ten to go." That's that can't fly. That can't happen. I don't think. I mean, and it's hard to to say this, but. You've got to you've got to give some kind of window of when you're going to do this. So, come on the radio. Well, you at, know what you know how the you know how it tells you when dark is, like it tells yeah, you when sunset. Look, you look at that time and say, hey, at that time, you know, or ten minutes for that, we're going ten to go. Yeah, I mean, they made the call at ten to go at about eight oh six or so, something like that. So, if you're going to do that, 
or obviously you don't know what you know. You have to see how dark it is at certain times, but you kind of have an idea. You know the window when it's going to start. At tell them to tell these guys, okay, at eight o'clock we're going ten to go, and it's and they you know it was going to be that's it. The, you know, there's no we're going to count cautions. There's no overtime. You know, yeah. we're 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 whenever we say ten to go, that's going to be the end of the race. So just give the crew chief so now that at least they can look, they can science out. Okay, it's two minutes a lap. I'm sorry, two laps a minute. Um, you know, we could, we we know how many min- how many laps we're going to run between now yeah. and eight o'clock. You you can build a strategy off of that versus, which I, I mean, think's interesting. My too. crew chief, my crew chief's like, what do you think? You know, he's like, are we going to run thirty more laps? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm when like, I, I don't fifty to go. I didn't see it finishing. Yeah, I I mean, I didn't know that. I I just told him and I I gave them which they did, and I'll give them credit for that. I felt like they weren't going to alter the race in the middle of that pit cycle. You know, and they I said know. it didn't have any effect on their judgment call, and that's it's here but here I mean, or there. Look at look at Coda though. That but, was in the middle of a oh, kind yeah. of. I mean, there was a very similar situation in Coda. Oh yeah, I mean, it's just you know we talk about transparency and stuff, and it's just to have the fact that it's just randomly okay. Flagger, the tens coming to you off a of four. Show them ten to go this time, and it's like oh okay. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. Hey, uh, darks eight oh nine. We're gonna go ten to go at eight o'clock. Yeah, I think or, that 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 I think that one hundred percent should have been the call yesterday. I mean, and you look at it, you know, Christopher Bell was running the ten down. You know, whether yeah. you know, obviously the the three wasn't hurting him. I believe he gets there, but I don't know if he moves him or not or passes him. But I believe he gets there if yeah, we run all that. I, I get it. If it's twenty to go, I get it. That's you know that's that's one thing. But you're talking eight laps we saved. Uh, like we said, two laps a minute. Even if the caution comes out, I'm okay with them. Like if it's a natural caution, just it's end. over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. That's um, it. But you know, it's I cool don't see the rotors glow though. I, yeah, it was. That was fun. <laughs> uh, I just, I just don't know how much, how much darker it was going to get in four minutes. I don't, I don't see that. I just wanted a race green white checker. I don't care how many. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted a chance with tires and a restart. I mean, pit crew gets us a spot or two. We line up. I mean, you get a get a couple on parallel. Be front row, man. Yeah, I was all for it. Just just moving forward, I just hope that they they take the the randomness out of it and and kind of if that situation ever pops up again, just give us a time when you're going to go ten to go or an idea, a ballpark, something that's just not. We don't know when you're just going to yeah, be surprised. That's a big window to to try to fig- figure out what you're going to do in. Some silly season action last week that Freddie may or may not have hinted about on the show. Wood Brothers Racing announces Harrison Burton will drive the 21 car next season. Matt DiBenedetto then posted a video and said the 21 team has been broken for a while and it wasn't working, but no disrespect to anyone. TJ, spot on, spot off. Uh, I'm just going to skip this one. Freddie, we can have a conversation. Skip, skip the. I got one host on the show, and he's going to skip the fucking question. <laughs> I'm here. skipping this one. Uh, um. All right. Listen. Great opportunity for Harrison to start with. Uh. Great. You know, two major families in our sport getting together with the Wood Brothers and the Burton family. Uh. Lots of history there between both of them. So that's awesome. Um. Listen. In my opinion, unfortunately, Matt didn't get it done. Now you can blame the crew chief. You can blame whoever you want. Uh, the team was broken, quote unquote. Matt said, "It's on you that you didn't get it fixed. You had all this time. If, if you needed it fixed, if that's what you truly needed, you needed to get it fixed faster. You know, and you, obviously you can go back and look. Now they've changed crew chiefs, and and it's the results have come. They're you know they're top ten, just around the, right around the top ten the last two or three races. There's been a, a, a gain in performance. Um, 
But I'm sure if I had to guess, this deal's probably done before last Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever the hell they announced it. So, you know, those runs probably did not factor into the effect of, you know, Matt at all. Um, but, you know, the thing that bothers me about the whole situation was Matt saying he was surprised by the decision or, you know, like this is like, listen, they named your replacement last year. They told you that Austin Cedric was getting in the 21 car. That means you're out. Now I get it. You get a, maybe a false sense of hope when Brad, you know, you hear the rumors that Brad's leaving, but they've already basically told you you're out. Now, whether or not you're going to be able to get in the two or Austin's going to go in the two and you stay in the 21, that's one thing. But you can't be surprised by the fact that they're making a change when they told you last year that you were out. And, and in my opinion, if we don't have this lame duck year with a, with a new car coming and, you know, nobody really knows what to do, I think he's out this year. I think that, you know, if everything was going to be status quo for the next five years, they make the move to go to Austin in the 21 last offseason, and he's in the 21 all year this year. But, you know, with that new car coming, there's really no point in sticking Austin in a new car. Let him go out and get more experience, win some Xfinity races, maybe another championship. Um, but, you know, this this can't be a surprise to you. Uh, you know, just, you know, it is what it is. And then one of the other things I saw – well, Jason, you got anything on this, Jace? Well, it's really interesting that he is ex- was expecting to still have the opportunity to get that ride again next year, even though clearly he had already been told that he wasn't going to be back in it. I don't know if I see DeBendetto ended up ending anywhere else in Cup. I can't envision without a sponsor backing him. I'm not sure where he would go from this point. Yeah, I mean, there, he'll have opportunities. You know, he's a, he's a good race car driver. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, he said in his interview he's going to win in Cup. So, you know, he's got he's going to have to uphill climb from here. Um, but he's always been an underdog type fan favorite. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I like to see Matt do good. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, you switch sides of it. I saw a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of getting on Toyota for, you know, letting another quote unquote TRD driver get away. There's nowhere to go, man. Well, yeah. But the problem, like on, on top of that, Harrison's not really a Toyota driver. You know, the, the, yeah. the days of Harrison's a, a guy that's paying for a ride in a Toyota car. Um, you know, Christopher Bell, that was a Toyota driver. Eric Jones, that was a Toyota driver. There's some other guys coming up through the pipeline that are going to be Toyota drivers. But a lot of these guys, you look at the guys that are in the Gibbs cars now. Hemrick is a paid guy. Uh, you know, he's paying for his ride. Brandon Jones, Harrison paid didn't guy. Have, I don't think Harrison had much of a choice. Oh, no. He has to go. You I know, mean, what, what opportunity is he going to have there? Is that same? Does he want to run Xfinity again? Maybe not. You know, or is it even, a, is it even an option? Because clearly – there's one guy coming up there that's gonna that's the basically the hottest young prospect in Xfinity racing right now. Yeah, and so. and and we talked about you know obviously going forward next year we run that new car everything's the same. So we've talked about the guys that are going to have the advantage are the guys the teams with the money that the bigger teams that are going to be able to search and find stuff and and tweak your car a little bit here and there to to get you a couple extra tents a couple extra horsepower whatever it may be and Obviously, there's no room at Gibbs to go. So, you know, who are your other major teams? Well, Penske's obviously one of them, you know. So so if you got an opportunity to get in a Penske car, which is obviously one of the marquee teams in our sport, and, you know, that's the only option you really have to get in something like that, you have no choice but to go. And I think it's that's why I said it's a great opportunity for Harrison to to get better and learn, you know, to, to move up and learn. And he's also, I mean, you're going to go in there and you get to pick the brains of guys like, like Logano and Blaney. You know that you're gonna and you've he's raced against Austin too, so I feel like him and Austin 
can grow together as well. I, I think it's a really good situation for Harrison to be in. Austin as well, you know. I think it's I think it's great for both of them. Absolutely. All right, Brad Kislowski asked for an ownership position at Team Penske in contract negotiations, and Mr. Penske said it was a request we could not fulfill. Freddie, because I don't think TJ's going to touch it. Spot on, spot off. <laughs> well, I know I know what not to ask for. Jeez, just kidding. <laughs> you know, I, next contract. There's you know, it's, it's probably spot on, spot off for both. You know, I don't I don't blame Brad for asking, um, and I don't blame Roger for saying no. You know, it's 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 one of them deals where. Maybe this, you know, Brad had this offer ready from from Roush, so he knows what he can get out, you know, what he can get out on the market, and probably want. I'm sure if you had to choose, it's not a, it's a no brainer. You would much rather stay at Penske than go to Roush, I would think. Anybody in the sport would say agree with that, I would imagine. But you know, the captain, he don't, he doesn't need Brad. You know, he he's uh, he's built an empire all on his own there, and he doesn't really need a partner. He doesn't need doesn't really need Brad's money or whatever Brad can inject in the ownership stake where, where Jack Roush probably does. We've talked years about, you know, the, the, the decline of Roush Fenway and they've been a little bit better this year. Um, and, and probably needing to pick up, yeah, needing to inject some new life in there. And like I've talked about on here for years, I always thought it was going to be Doug Gates. You know, I thought that Doug Gates would come in there and, and be a partner to Jack and take that deal to the next level. Maybe that's Brad now. Um, we'll find out tomorrow when they make the announcement. But, you know, Roger, I seen him make the comment in his little uh, press deal there that, you know, they kind of expected Brad to stay two or three more years. Well, if you're only expecting the guy to stay two or three more years, you're not going to give him you're not going to give him ownership stake in your race team. So if, uh, you know, if, if you're, you're you think you're just going to have a couple more years with a guy, obviously, you're not going to buy into it long term like that. Yeah, I, I think you're right on the spot on a spot off deal. Both have um, goals and and certain things they want to achieve, and you know I don't know if you can. Brad's going to be part owner now, you know, and that's proven to be a very valuable piece right now to to be be an owner in this deal. So, you know, uh, spot off because Brad's one of the best out there. He's one of the best race drivers. He's very smart, puts the work in. He knows what he's doing. So it's it, you're it's. You know, definitely, um, definitely going to, you know, have some, Austin's got some big shoes to fill, but Austin's putting the work in right now, I, you know, and if he keeps developing, I mean, I remember when Austin first started in Xfinity Series, you know, he, we weren't sure if he was going to develop, but he's, he's developing to a good race, race car driver right now. And he's a, he's solid all across the board. And he, uh, actually pointed out to me that when we talked about his starts, he's, um, he's has like seven cup starts maybe, and only like like only like two or three of them are road courses, you know, the rest of them are ovals and stuff. So he's on the, he's on the right path. And if he keeps developing, he can be a solid race car driver. Yeah. I mean, you talk about him putting the work in, he was supposed to be on here today with us. I know he's he's working (laughs) and he had to unfortunately go do the sim this morning. So he couldn't come, but yeah, I mean, I remember when he got in, it was Brad's truck and I want to say it was like Dover maybe or something. I saw him go out there. I was like, this kid's awful. Like, oh my <laughs> God, he's bad. And obviously, throughout that practice, he got way better. And now, you know, fast forward four or five years, he's light years ahead of where he was back then. But oh, like yeah. you said, it's just it's putting the work in, and he's super accomplished. And let me tell you something. You know, these we go out next year in that two car, and, and obviously, you know, it's going to be a new car, maybe. But you know, there's no reason why he can't go out there and win at least one road course race, multiple yeah, road course races. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's he's a super talented road racer, super talented driver. Uh, like you said, big opportunity, big shoes to fill. When he's ran 
when he ran the Daytona 500, he was running, you know, top five to seven and just, I mean, very patient, just riding there. So he's shown that he's, he's learned how to race and, and be patient like that. And, uh, great opportunity for him. And he, he puts the work in. I can, I can honestly vouch for Austin that he, he does the, he's put a lot of work in and, and honestly to, he's become a champion because of it. Yeah. And I used to, we heard rumors leading up to it, um, that, you know, they, they, which I don't think they ever considered, but you heard people talking about, you know, moving Blaney to the two because that was the flagship and, and putting Austin in the 12 or Harrison in the 12 and Austin in the 21, like they had originally announced. Um, but I think this is the right move. You know, this is, yeah, this is your guy, you know, put him in the two Blaney's already built a brand with the 12, you know, that's, that's his deal over there. And Austin's I, a, he's a champion. Yeah. He's an Xfinity. This is how you're supposed to move up the yeah, ladder. You're supposed to win a championship in the Xfinity series. You know, then then you move to the Cup Series. Yeah, there's so. there's no reason, and we said it on here a couple weeks ago. I asked Brett the question where you know, do you think Austin's going to be in the two or the twenty one? And he said the two. And you know, it's just that's that's the flagship. And stick the kid in there, and, and let's go. TJ when Roush makes their announcement tomorrow. Are they going to name you the head of data, the data department? <laughs> is that supposed to be funny, Jason? Yeah. Is that your, I'm, I'm is, that your is that your crack at a I'm joke? hearing rumors on social media. Oh. Or is that your burner account? On social, if it's on social media, it's true. Gotta be true. Bonjour. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Last one. Noah Gragson tweets, gotta love a cheap shot after A.J. Allmendinger knocked him up the track in the Xfinity Series race. Is this your fault, Freddie? I was a spot on spot for A.J. I know, but I mean, you're associated with it somehow. <laughs> somehow it's your fault. I was right behind it. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Frank's got him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Frank Denny. But it's blame Frank. Um, <laughs> so I don't, something happened here, which I, they don't see eye to eye, even back when I was spotting for AJ. Um, but so restart happens. AJ, obviously you weren't there. Um, AJ's probably four or five cars out in front of me. I don't remember if the nine was with him or not. I assume now going back that he must have been. AJ's up the hill. We can pull the data on this. Yeah. I mean, we can look at it. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look at it because <laughs> I got back at three o'clock in the morning, seems like. But, uh, AJ goes shooting up the hill, comes back down, gets in line. Well, he's now it's Noah, AJ, us in the turn three. And you know how you, like you see when everybody, you tell when you lift and get on the brakes in the turn three, they're loud. And, well, I can see everybody cracks the throttle. AJ except AJ. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, he's going to. I called it. I'm like, he's wrecking the 19, he's wrecking the nine, wrecking the nine. And, you know, he punts him. And I don't know how Noah saved it. He kind of slid up, kind of tapped the wall to rear right. So right what rear. did Noah. Did he hit him to get there? I assume Noah must have been the one that shipped AJ up the racetrack. Yes. Then why would he call it? Cheap- that happen? Then why would he call it? Not a cheap as badly because but. AJ gave it back tenfold. You know he he hit him a lot harder. But we talked about this last year with I Noah. Mean, he was one of the most aggressive race car drivers. He wrecked his damn teammate at Bristol to win. You know to, to for a and, win. And I mean, a guy swung at him and he swung back twice as hard. So <laughs> or a guy grabbed onto him and you know. He, I mean, listen if you if you're gonna dish this stuff out. I don't want to hear it when people give it back to you. Listen, I'm fine with being aggressive. You know, listen, you are 
one of the most aggressive race car drivers in that series. If you run into me in iRacing and move me up that way, what's going to happen? <laughs> yeah, in the next I don't corner? want you behind me again. You know? I'm going to knock. I'm going to hit you twice yeah. as hard. So you know you can't cry about this after the fact. After you, you got, you've been the guy pushing people around here for years. You know uh, who was it? Riley Herbst at Texas a couple years ago. He got in the back of somebody off a of turn two. I can't remember who it was. Maybe Riley again. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, listen, you're not going to push around A.J. Allmendinger. I promise you that much. You know, some of these younger kids, maybe they'll, they're not going to, you know, be afraid to wreck their stuff. I have but. noticed uh, uh, A.J.'s aggressiveness is a little is a little higher than what I really kind of thought it would be for this point, running for a championship. Um, in the beginning of the race there, I watched until we took off, I watched it, and he was, uh, he was very aggressive. Like, like to, uh, He was aggressive with Austin. Yeah, but I mean, like, is this is this the point of the year where you want to be? I mean, you're talking the first run of the race. You know, it, there's so much race in life. Is this is the point where you want to be aggressive. Like, what if you slip the littlest bit and you hit that guy? Now you're on. Now you just went from this is the guy that I need to really outsmart. You know, or try to outsmart and outbeat on the track. You know, do I really want to know that this guy now owes me one? Like, is this that point of the? We saw and listen. I'm of two opinions there. We saw that same thing with them at uh, Daytona Roval. You know, AJ took himself out of the race, racing super hard at the end of the first stage, and obviously, you know, I'm sure he regrets that. But it's the same thing. I'm fine with it. You want to? I don't be mind super the hard racing. I'm just saying, it, I, it, may, it might not be the smartest play for when guys get back to you. But as long as you don't complain about it when they do come back to you and rough you up, I'm fine with it. Um, so it, at it, that it, time, AJ wrecked Algar at Talladega. Yeah. I was like someone standing I by up, me. I couldn't. I, I look like a Derek Krause car up there for some reason. Um, <laughs> it's like a 19. I don't know what the hell it is. Oh, Haley Deegan. The, oh, Haley yeah. Deegan. Oh. There's no scratches on it. It's not yeah, Derek's. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't hit me, Derek. Don't but, hit me, Derek. Yeah. That wasn't Talladega. That was Daytona Road Course again. I, no, I was, I was just kidding because remember oh, when he yeah, said, yeah, yeah. well, you, were, you wrecked me at Talladega. <laughs> he wasn't even in the same lane. The look on, the look on AJ's face, he was like, like, he had what? like complete Eli Manning look on his face, like duh. But yeah, I mean, I just I love the hard rate. I mean, I, I love it. I, I it's exciting, man. I like no. I'm listen. Like we, we go back and forth on here. I, I really like Noah a lot. I mean, we've hung out a couple times, and and he's like he'll give me crap about. It. He's like, what kind of trash you talking about me on the podcast it's today? Slipping you off right and, now. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, hey man, if you stop doing dumb shit, I won't talk about you on the podcast. I promise. I like Noah's aggressiveness, man. Yeah. I, I like it. I'm fine with it. Just don't I come back and, and make a comment like this after somebody gives it back to you when you get when you get just, there first. Just handle it on the racetrack. Yeah. We have a this just in news bullet. NASCAR is expected to begin distribution of the next gen chassis. As its independent safety panelists finish its report of the crash test, NASCAR has sent the info to the drivers. Wow, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you know, we we talked about it on way here. to go, Freddie. We talked about it on here last week. You know, and you got ninety seconds. <laughs> uh, you know, I I reiterated rumors that had been through the sport. You know about you know dummies getting hurt, and there's no we in this. Is this you? Oh. Hi, me, yeah. ownership I'm of gonna this go to the show. Bathroom, be right back. TJ's got to leave, excuse himself. <laughs> and I quoted something from Danny said, and I said something to the effect that it could it's a red flag for NASCAR to send this out to the safety. There were equipment. rumors. And and they came back with, you know, well, we do this all the time. Well, how would we know that? You don't if if this information isn't relayed, you can control this narrative. You know, you can control the way this goes and the way this ship sails. 
If you come out and make everything, we talk about transparency on here all the time. Come out here and talk about it. But if you don't talk about it and you let the media members and the fans and Reddit and whoever else build a, a, their own opinion, yeah, it's not going to go your way a lot of times. Have you seen the opinions on the internet <laughs> on Twitter? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like They would be like, listen, and I, I did actually see the, uh, the Griffin Craft presidential. <laughs> Y'all understand the trouble we would, we would be in if Brett had any control over <laughs> Oh, forget that. It like, would be... It would be we, I don't, I'm I'm scared. I'm moving. <laughs> I'm moving. Um, with offer pad. With offer pad. I'm going to sell my home with offer pad <laughs> yeah. and move. But uh, you notice? Um, did you watch Formula One race? Uh, did you see that? Half. I had to leave. Did you see it, Jason? Yes. So obviously, there's an incident where Hamilton gets into um, Max, and the the way they <laughs> did you like they play the their team principles talking to the tower like about the incident like oh god yeah they are ridiculously calm compared to like what our group would could be. you imagine no. if our crew chiefs had the ability to like just hit the button and start talking to uh tim berman during i the mean race? My, mine would be mine would probably be calm yours would be good but mine you, would be calm but I, i'd use the right we were talking about this yesterday <laughs> i'm like could you imagine if tommy baldwin that's had the opportunity <laughs> to talk to race control during the race are you shitting me and we could all listen to yeah. it I, Great content. I want to listen to. <laughs> I mean, it you couldn't like they would have to bleep out every word. I mean, they're like, oh yes, or you know, we'd like you to, you know, obviously, you know, Max had control of the corner. Could you imagine <laughs> some would, of our guys? Oh, oh. he had control of the corner. Like oh, that was his. It, corner. it would turn into a fight. They, they they literally say that was that was. You know Max's corner, or Lewis's corner. No, it's not anybody. It's a race. Like you're, <laughs> you're supposed to go in there, and and I don't know. It's just it's funny how calm they can be because, I mean, we get somebody lined up in the wrong lane on our restart, we are all flipping out, cussing, and one guy's in the in the tire barrier, fifty one G hit, and there's like, oh yes, uh, Tower, we'd like you to review this. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I just thought it was pretty funny that yeah. How they handle stuff well, like that. Getting back next gen, that's great. You know, uh, hopefully they've got everything figured out. Um, that's good news. I know we've got we've got uh, tests coming up in October. I think. Uh, I think it's, there's a October test coming up where that's the first time all the teams can go test. I know we got one in November um, after the season. So uh, we'll see. You know, like I said on here last week, I'd still be surprised if we run this thing full time. That's a positive note, though. For yeah, 100%. that's positive. So. Hopefully we. We can, hope it's positive. I mean, we uh, hope. Yeah. It's right. Well, they wouldn't be. I don't think you release it if it's not. You know, obviously they're not going to start distributing the teams if it's not not good. So, yeah. hopefully that. Uh, you know, hopefully we can keep building on building on the the good news of this and get that new car ready. That's it. Hopefully it's a foot off the ground and it has a thousand horsepower. All right. After this break, we're going to be back with one of quote unquote the best. Announcers, play-by-play man in the business. Alan Bestwick's going to pop in to join the show. Alan's been doing all the broadcasting this year for the SRX races. Really excited to talk to him about that. Some of the past NASCAR calls, obviously the 2001 we got to bring up. Looking forward to having him on here. This Door Bumper Clear podcast is brought to you by our friends at RacingUSA.com. 
America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. As Google's top-rated source for NASCAR merchandise, RacingUSA.com has a wide assortment of driver diecasts, hats, apparel, helmets, and novelties for the sport's most popular drivers. For example, RacingUSA.com currently has more than 500 different collectible diecast cars available for 39 different drivers, including this week's New Hampshire race winner, Eric Almirola. RacingUSA.com is truly unique. They automatically discount items in your cart so you get the best price. They offer free upgrades to expedited shipping. They guarantee the lowest pre-order prices. They ship all in-stock orders the next business day. And, as an added bonus, you can enter win this month's $200 gift card. So, whenever you want something new to show your support for your favorite driver, shop RacingUSA.com, America's online headquarters for NASCAR merchandise for more than 20 years. All right, well, joining us now, hot off the SRX Series finale this week in Nashville, one of our favorite guys in the sport, Alan Bestwick. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Oh, just like we talked about <laughs> earlier, just a, just a long night, which we're trying to recover here, but uh, we got you here to brighten our day for us. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope I can do that. That's a big challenge, it sounds like, on a... On a on short sleep and uh, and we'll call it uh, grumpy air travel. Well, we're used to it because our producer's kind of a tool sometimes. He can't really? ever move things back a little bit because he's super busy doing all Dillner's work. So, um, you know that show where they walk around and look at wild game trails in the woods and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, sometimes this TV business, I mean, everybody thinks it's all glamour and and, uh, and star treatment. Sometimes it's a little bit of a grind. Well, speaking of uh, star treatment, you got to do, you got to work with a lot of stars yeah. over the last six weeks, right? I have had so much fun with this project that it was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, a lot of laughs, a lot of smiles. Just a lot of real genuine good times from everybody that was involved, and um, yeah, just just really a lot of fun. Talk about, I mean, I watched most of the races. Unfortunately, some of them I was in a bar, so I couldn't hear all the calls, <laughs> but I heard a couple of them. But on top of that, just the crowds. I mean, I've, I've lived up in I've lived up in Long Island, so I went to Stafford a bunch, and the the crowd at Stafford, the crowd you guys had this week in Nashville, pretty much everywhere you went, the crowds were unbelievable. You know, the going to some, I mean, the tracks, it wasn't a mistake, right? The tracks they picked for the series were some of the more iconic and successful short tracks in American racing. So me being from New England, no, I wasn't surprised that Stafford, you know, the joint was packed. Um, I wasn't surprised Slinger was packed. I wasn't surprised Nashville was packed. I I wasn't surprised at the turnout at Eldora. It's like I said, it's everything we hoped it would be. These are wonderful racetracks that are supported well. Um, and, I mean, think about this. You're a race fan. You've been going to modified races in Stafford Springs, Connecticut for, for you know, even if it's five years, but maybe 30 years. And now Elio Castroneves and Tony Stewart and Bobby Labonte, and, you know, are going to come race at Stafford and Bill Elliott and so on. Well, who wouldn't want a ticket for that? So, so I, I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, I mean, and we talk about, you know, just to take it back a minute, you talk about New England. 
Uh, I know where you where you started at. It's one of my favorite places. If you want to just bring that up quick, um, maybe some people aren't familiar, but Seekonk Speedway is is one of my favorite places to go. I, I grew up around, racing modified, you know, working on modified yeah. spot for modified. You didn't race anything. I, didn't, for any. I drove a little bit, but not not in a modified <laughs> by any means. Uh, but just talk about where you got started. Well, you know, it's it's funny because the racing thing was a, like a side side deal. I didn't start out to be a race announcer. I started out to be a broadcaster. So I was working as a, a, a disc jockey and a radio announcer and had already done high school football and basketball and baseball and all that and was at the races at Seekonk with my dad, who raced there in the late 60s and early 70s. He had cars there. Somebody else drove. But, but I grew up with a race car in the garage. My dad got to this crossroads where he had to choose between paying the mortgage and putting food on the table for his kids and putting new tires on the race car. Thankfully, he made the responsible choice. <laughs> and... Um, but one, one night we were at Seekonk and we ran into the promoter, D'Anthony Vendetti, one of the legendary promoters in American short track racing. Mr. Vendetti was uh, a force. He was a little eccentric, um, but he was in charge. He was cut from the Bill France senior mold, if you will. Uh, and, and we ran into Mr. Vendetti on the midway and my dad said, hey, do you remember me? You know, you used to have the, the 37 junior here. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is my son. He's, he's working in radio, and if you ever need an announcer, he'd be a good one. And Mr. Vendetti said, follow me, <laughs> and marched up into the tower and tapped the announcer on the shoulders. His name was Jim Powers at the time. We called him Reverend Jim. He tapped Reverend Jim on the shoulders and said, let the kid do the street stocks. <laughs> and that's how it started. Uh, and I just kept showing up, and they just kept handing me the microphone. And that kind of expanded out to, you know, where I'd grab a, I'd grab a microphone, and I'd run off into the pit area or down onto the start-finish line and start interviewing winners. All that stuff was just literally volunteer, no pay, a couple of years before I moved away to start my career, and on a chance encounter with Mr. Vendetti on the midway one night. That's crazy. You ninja to reverend? <laughs> 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 I, I don't know that I'd phrase it quite that way. Um, so, you know, obviously your career spans. God, what, what, what year was that when you, that you started Seacon? 1977 or 8, something like that. So, And now here you are. Jeez, I was, wasn't even born. <laughs> We're not trying to make them feel Thank bad, you. TJ. Fine. Yeah, great job. Fine. Um, but here you are all these years later, and, and, and obviously you, the NASCAR career was incredible. But how does this SRX yeah. deal come about? Like, you know, is this Tony, Ray, somebody just reaching out? I mean, is this something that you actively pursued, or how did this come about? Uh, a little over two years ago. Uh, well, first of all, Ray is a friend for a long, long time. Um, I was working in New Jersey in the, like, 1981, 82, something like that, at a thing called the Skull Motorsports Report. Um, and... The office manager at the Skull Motorsports Report was married to a modified racer at Wall Stadium, uh, Eddie Bone. Uh, and, and they had a party at their house one afternoon, and, and all the drivers were there. And I met Ray, like 1982 or so, uh, at this thing. And our careers just crisscrossed all these years. Um, and a couple years ago at the NASCAR Hall of Fame dinner, um, you know, walked into to see Ray and uh, he grabbed me and said, come here, uh, I got something I want to I talk to you about. And he kind of laid out the concept for me and said, what do you think? And, and I said, it sounds like a lot of fun. He said, good, I want you to do it. <laughs> Stand by. Now, that was no given thing because obviously CBS did the hiring, but I've known about this for two years. And 
it it um it, it's all thanks to Ray. I mean, uh, you know, he just um he's he's a great friend. Um I'm fortunate to have his respect professionally and um very fortunate that he kind of nominated me to be part of this. Yeah, that's awesome. You got a chance to work with some interesting talent in the booth with you. I know you've shared that booth with a lot of talented, super talented people, mainly drivers this year. And I, I like I said, I didn't get I watched some of the one with Danica. I saw rave reviews about Hinch. You know, just talk about working with some of them guys. And and I mean, not that you had to carry them, but they're just raw. You know, they're just racers, and they're just in there to 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 watch the race and call what they see. But I, I saw a lot of rave reviews for some of them. Well, you know. The, the whole thing of this, of this telecast is uh, two things. It moves at a lightning pace. I mean, don't stop to take, you know, two breaths in a row because the whole thing's over. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't mean that you have to rush anything you're doing, but I just, the pacing of the telecast was intentionally fast. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, just have fun. Well, what do we do here? What do we, ah, just relax, have fun. That was the whole approach to, to, to it from, uh, my perspective is this is all about fun. People can't have fun watching television if you don't have fun making television. So let's have fun up here. Danica was terrific. Uh, a lot of fun. We all learned so much from that week one show at Stafford to week two. And if you were to go back and, and rewatch all six of the telecasts, you'd see how much we as a project learned from weeks one through six. And, you know, if you're in the business, you would you would see and understand some of the nuanced adjustments we made. Danica was terrific. She came in with the right attitude, had a lot of fun. Hinch was, was great. I mean, you know, Hinch is Hinch, right? Yeah. He's he just, he's a big personality and he, he came in and embraced the have fun attitude. He also embraced jumping in the race cars and every one of the races he did, he climbed into one of the machines and did test laps on the track and fairly competitive test laps time-wise, by the way, with only getting like one shot at it. Uh, Dario was terrific. His schedule was complicated. Uh, we didn't get to spend a ton of time together, but when he landed at Raceway Park, he was prepared and came in and we just had a lot of laughs. So everybody was terrific. Um, their expertise, their insight, um, really good. And again, they just, they just embraced the fun. I have two questions for you. First question. Do you, um, I mean, I've always enjoyed your, your, um, your broadcasting. Do you ever have any desire to to get back to the NASCAR side or any other, you know, higher form of racing? Do you ever, do you aspire to do that anymore? Here's, here's, I get asked that a lot and understandably so. Here's the thing. I never planned any of this to start with. I mean, from day one, like besides getting my first job at a local AM radio station, sounds like I never spotter. planned. <laughs> I, I Yeah. You know, I never planned any of this. I never planned becoming known for broadcasting racing. I never planned going to work for MRN. I never planned NBC coming in and saying, Hey, come on. I never planned, you know, so, um, it all just unfolds. When the last rights changed happened there, you know, I, I made the decision, um, you know, through, through, through a lot of discussions, uh, to do what I did. Didn't plan on them losing the rights to the Indy 500. Who would, have, who would have ever thought that would have happened? Yeah. But through that decision, I got to do things that I would have never dreamed in my life that I would have gotten to do. I mean, they sent me to Wimbledon. Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's, it's one of the coolest things I ever did. Uh, that same first Wimbledon I did, then we went up the road and did the British Open at St. Andrews. 
what a three-week period of life, you know? I got to do college football at Texas A&M and LSU and Wisconsin and Washington State, all those things. Um, I didn't, in, you know, I didn't, I didn't plan on things unwinding the way they unwound. So I would never say never. Yeah. I, I, I'm not, all of those people that do those jobs are friends of mine. And so I wish them nothing but the best of success and a long, long, long run doing what they're doing. Uh, but I would never say never because that's a stupid thing to do in this business, <laughs> as, as you both know. <laughs> you don't yeah. know where you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, that's it. So my next question is: Is there any moments that that weren't really on TV or we would have known about where you were just kind of like in the SRX stuff where? You know, anything happened where you were just kind of like, ooh, you know, that made you look kind of like, oh, did that just happen? Like, is there anything that we didn't see that, you know, might have been, you know, a little interesting? No, because that's one of the great things about the property is it's all access. I mean, everything. It seems like we saw everything. Yeah, everything we've ever been told we couldn't do for competition reasons in other forms of racing, we could do. In SRX, because, you know, it, it one owner and all the, you know, he's in charge of the competition. So want to put a camera there? Yeah, go ahead. Want to, <laughs> you know, want to fly the drone over the racetrack while the cars are racing? Yeah, we can do that. And we can do it safely. Um, want to talk to drivers while they're racing under the green flag? Go ahead. <laughs> so and, and, you know, once we did it with smoke, everybody wanted to. Hey, you're going to call me? Call me. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, so. It was an all-access property, which is, I think, what resonated with people. Um, and I think, you know, just as important as what we were able to do during the racing is some of the stories we, we were able to tell about people away from the racetrack, who they are, what their home lives are like. Um, um, you know, I mean, I, Elio's trophy room still blows my mind because I think we take for granted some people's accomplishments as the years go by when we've been around them for a long time. Things like that, I think, were important to the pace of the show and people's enjoyment of the show also. Yeah, I I enjoyed them. I may I mean I watched pretty sure I watched all of them and I thought they were uh I thought they were fun. They were just, you know, when it when it seemed to get spread out go. a little bit, they they made it interesting T- again. Talking about the drivers, was there one driver? I know there was one for me that stood out that impressed me more than I was expecting. Paul Tracy? And no, it was definitely <laughs> not PT. Uh, Ernie Francis was the one that I that stood out for me. They're just not knowing a lot about where he came from and how well he ran. Was there anybody that surprised you, I mean, good or bad, really, of how well they performed in these stock cars, on these tracks that are so foreign to them? Uh, there, there, there are two angles on that for me. Um, and I'll set Ernie aside from that because – uh, Ernie, ha- this was a completely different agenda for Ernie. What a nice young man. What a talented race car driver. I mean, do you know, he went to, he went to, um, Brainerd Sunday after racing Saturday night and started last in the Trans Am race and won it by 13 seconds. <laughs> it's a heck of a day. <laughs> I mean, he's, yeah, he is a say. talent and the, and, and did he deserve to be racing with these champions? Yeah. He won seven Trans Am championships in a row. That that's a different agenda. Here's a young man that got a lot of exposure that hopefully it opens the world of opportunity up for um, people like Bill Elliott, Willie T ribs um, getting out there. I mean, Bill's Bill's made a joke out of it, but it's true. He's like, I'm on Medicare, <laughs> <laughs> but he's out there racing and 
racing well, racing hard, that, and, and smiling the whole time. The, the uh, Willie T, look, he's 66 years old and called the SRX series the best racing season of his life. He's having which, fun. Yeah, which was terrific. And so that group. And then top of my podium, the open wheel guys adapting to these race cars. Elio and TK and Marco and how well they adapted to these cars. Things like dirt track racing. Knoxville. So they got Thursday night. They're going to do all the practice at Knoxville. So Thursday night, they're going to give all the guys a few laps. Some of them to try racing on dirt for the first time ever. And Elio's there and he's got his helmet on and he jumps in the car and he goes out and he makes five laps and he comes back in and they're supposed to stay in for a few runs. They just come out, they come in, they talk to Schrader and Stremi and kind of, you know, but Elio's popped the belts and he's out of the car and I happen to be standing there and he grabs me by the shoulders and he goes, this is so fun. (laughs) You know, and every place we went, Elio and Marco and PT and, and TK, how well they adapted to these cars with fenders was really, really fun to see. PT definitely enjoyed the fender part of it, I believe. Um. You know what? Pete, <laughs> let, let me say this about Paul. Paul, we, you know, look, he's always been a super aggressive racer. That wasn't going to change. He understands that every race, every movie, every TV show has, has somebody that plays the villain's role. And he willingly embraced that villain's role. Right. He embraced it. Remember the thing at, at, uh, at IRP where he came out, you know, he, for driver introductions, they had the police car bring him around and he got out wearing handcuffs and stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, that's that's just uh, that's being a showman. That's embracing the role. He took a lot of abuse for the Haley Deegan thing that was way over the line. Yeah. Way beyond appropriate. And um, and, and that, you know, that comes with the territory of playing the villain. But uh, P.T., has been invested in this from day one, and and he was as advertised, and um, really enjoyed being around him and having him part of the series. Staying with the drivers, is there is there a guy out there that you can think of top of your head that that you'd like to see join him full time or leaving just one race next year? I know there's, I mean, there's an abundance of talented superstars in the world, but is there just one guy you, you could peg that you'd just love to see on these short tracks, beating and banging with these guys? I want 10 more cars a race. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't expect that to happen. Um, I, I, You know, there's a lot of thinking to be done now. Um, what tracks do you go back to? What tracks, you know, it, you, do, you, do you not? What tracks want you back? What tracks don't? What drivers want to come back? What drivers don't? What drivers do you want back? What drivers do you not? You know, all those things are, that's, I mean, these, these guys just got done with six weeks on the road, straight weeks, repairing race cars in the 95 degree heat, laying on their back and, you know, on the pavement on, on the race, you know, so that let's give everybody a few, a, a little bit of a breather for that. But I, you know, first one top of head, Mark Weber was supposed to be part of the series this year. All the travel quarantines in his home country of Australia and so on kept him from being able to do it. I hope we can get him in next year. And he'd really love to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, the phone, Ray says the phone has been ringing like crazy. Uh, a lot of people want to do it. So let's just see what unfolds over the next couple months. But I think, um, I, I expect there to be a season two. I expect it to be um, a, a great field of drivers. I expect it to be another great lineup of tracks. And I, and I expect, uh, I, all right, let me say, I hope 
to be back a part of it and have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I mean, I think they hit a home run this year. And we talk about it on the NASCAR side. I'm sure, you know, just like TJ, everybody wants 10 more cars and everybody wants 15 tracks. I don't think you want to give them too much. You know, if you start spanning it out, it's 10, 12 races instead of six. It, it becomes kind of watered down. I think this was the perfect format for them, and maybe they expand a little bit. But this, it, they hit a home run this year, and, I, and I, it was just awesome to see. But yeah, yeah, uh, we I agree. Tr- leave them, leave them wanting more. Exactly. I think, Every I time. think that I think we've done just that this year, and and um, and we all can look forward to next year and see what what becomes of it. Well, we can't sit in this room with that door over there hanging on the wall that you can't see the old Budweiser <laughs> baseball eight without talking about the 2001 firecracker 400. And obviously probably one of, or top five for sure. Most iconic calls coming to the checkered flag. Um, just talk about that night and that moment. I mean, how much of that just, did you know in that moment that this was going to be just what it turned out to be these days? No. Um, uh, certainly not. It was, there's so many things fell into place for that moment to happen, right? Um, NBC's first race of the the new NASCAR television arrangement that night from Daytona, um, the tragedy from February, the, uh, the circumstances of the race unfolding. I mean, you, you know, change any one of those factors in any small way, and it's not what it became. Uh, and what it became was a healing moment. For, for many people, um, it became a moment that they've re- remembered all their lives. It's certainly, without question, far and above the thing I'm asked about the most um, of, uh, of the, I don't know, hundreds, maybe thousands of races I've, I've broadcast in my career. So uh, change any one thing about that, and it, it doesn't become what it became. That it became what it did, I think, was good for all of us collectively as as race fans uh racers and, and a racing community absolutely you know and just one other thing before we get you out of here one of my favorite people growing up watching the sport and and one of my favorite people in the booth was benny parsons and i just felt <laughs> like that guy could put a smile on anybody's face across the world just talk about what it was like work getting a chance to work with benny for all those years and and just what a kind of guy he was uh the the kind of guy he was is evidenced in the fact that not a single day goes by today without a Benny story coming up in some way or another, or, or at least, you know, being thought of, um, by me. Uh, he was a dear friend when, when Benny and I were hired together by NBC back at that time, um, we'd been around each other, but we'd never worked together. You know, I was with MRN, Benny was with ESPN, rain delay at Martinsville. I can remember, you know, the Barney and I would go next door to the TV booth and Benny and Ned and Bob would be, you know, we'd play a game of cards or something to kill the time during the rain delay. But I never worked with him. And he picked up the phone and he called me up and he said, Alan, the way this is going to work best is if you and I become best friends. And I lived in, in the Charlotte area at the time. And, and that's what happened. We started playing golf together every Tuesday. We would ride together, you know, and rent a cars from the airport, that kind of thing. Uh, we became great friends. And the affection that Benny had for everyone at the track, the people working on the cars, the people driving the cars, the fans in the grandstands, he had genuine affection for all of them. He cared so much about doing a good job for them um and yet you know did it all with a smile and a laugh and and you know he said to me alan if i screw something up 
you better look at me and say, Benny, you big dummy. <laughs> he said, don't be, he said, we have to have fun with this and we have to be human. Um, wonderful man that, um, that I miss every day. Well, I know we could go on for this forever and ever and ever. Um, and I know our Twitter blew up last night when I tweet. I kind of tweeted that little hint that we, we were having the best one on uh, on the podcast. And just I see all our fans just love you to death. Uh, where where can people find you now? I know you're going to call some basketball games probably later, or probably now. I guess that's next year. Where where can people find you if they want to hear uh, the old AB voice? So if you're at the Brickyard weekend at uh, the Speedway, I have joined the public uh, address staff at the Speedway. Um, uh, with Mr. Penske's ownership now. So uh, I'll be there for uh, for that. I go to the U.S. Open and I do the world feed broadcast for the tennis tournament in New York for a couple of weeks that pretty much you got to be overseas to hear. Um, <laughs> but it's a blast. It's 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 great fun and um, and a wonderful group of people to work with. Then in, uh, I spend my winters doing UConn women's basketball. So 11-time national champions. Um, I work for the, the New York Mets Network, SNY, out of New York City. I, it is an absolute blast and fun to do the games are terrific and um they're really good and then you know yeah they're 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 better than most and (laughs) um and it so you know i just pop around here and there i I live the freelancer's life i can't guarantee you from one week to the next (laughs) what i'll be doing but i know this whatever i do i'm doing my best to have fun with it yeah well we appreciate you joining us man uh I don't. This is no slight on any of the people that are doing anything that we got now in the NASCAR world, but we would definitely love to have you back. I know our listeners would love to ba- have you back, and it would be a, a it'd be a, it'd be a home run for us to get you back one day. So hopefully that happens. But thanks for joining us, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. You never say never, and uh, had fun. That's the key word. Had fun talking to you. If I didn't, I would never do it again. <laughs> thanks, AB. <laughs> Thank you. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. It is now time for Reaction Theater. Oh, great. Oh, lovely. Pretty solid race we saw today. The real question is, how come we didn't see a cameo from Freddie in the new Post Malone 
music video. Figured he would have been out there drinking out of the cup or popping bottles, but man, missed the mark on that one. I was probably popping bottles. I just wasn't there. Well, Mike, I went back and looked at the last five door bumper clear shows we had here, and what I found was Freddie still kissing Denny Hamlin's ass, Brett Griffin still waiting on the Gamecocks to start winning, TJ sucks, and Joey Logano, he's having trouble finding his way to the front. <laughs> That's a pretty good Larry Mack impersonation. That actually was pretty good Larry Mack. <laughs> that might have been him. <laughs> <clears throat> David Hoots. <clears throat> <laughs> I cannot disagree with that guy. We miss him dearly. For sure. I'd like to submit my what an idiot. Whoever the hell is the crew member on the 22 that decided to work on the race car during the red flag right in front of the damn official and then got themselves a two damn lap penalty. What a fucking idiot. I mean, come on. TJ, want to take this one? Oh, we just wanted something <laughs> to do that race. You know, we uh, we wanted a challenge. Keep it close for the fans. Yeah, yeah, we just wanted, yeah. Mm. I just want to say I really enjoy the NBC guys. I enjoy listening to Dell Jr. call the race, but uh, it's a little overkill to excitedly yell the double zero is in the wall. I mean, yeah, we know. It's not that big a deal. TJ, you suck. Hey, it's a wreck, man. Got to make it exciting. That's what Dale's like. Look, it actually wrecked. I'm excited. <laughs> exactly. Do they, Jason, do they yell a lot? Because I see a lot of people comment on my Twitter about mainly Burton. But I think they get animated yeah. more than the other guys. But it keeps it exciting. So. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've honestly yeah. never heard of doing obviously, so I don't know. I think social media overblows their yelling. It's just kind of animated. I don't, I don't think social media has ever overblown anything, Jason. No, I don't think so either. I don't I don't think it's a bad thing, man. It gets you on, I mean, it gets your attention. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's a bad thing. Slide job. Yeah. And even when Brad was, Brad was hitting the 12, you know, they were, I, I did see a clip of that on Instagram. Um, you follow Freddie on Instagram? I don't know. Are you Probably on Instagram? Not. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure are? he doesn't. Yeah. Hey, y'all, long time listener, first time caller. I'd like to give a shout out to TJ. For not sucking yesterday. Hey, and Joey rebounded from being two laps down, even though it was one of Brad's crew guys touching the race car. And, Freddie, I kind of forgot you were in the race, except for when Bubba was throwing the football on the front straightaway and when he and Busher wrecked on the back stretch. But, yeah, I guess you guys weren't loving it. And a shout-out to Jeb for singing those songs about the guys that are always wrecking in the back of the field. He needs to sing one about Anthony Alfredo, because I swear that son of a wrecks every week. Anyway, you guys enjoy the next two weeks. Tomorrow is my 21st birthday as I record this, so I hope y'all drink plenty of beer for me. Jeb, we've got song requests now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, happy birthday. I'm yeah, sure happy, it's, it's uh, probably today, I guess, or yeah, maybe tomorrow. Do it big, man. Do it big. You only turned 21 once, 21 right? is like the second to last birthday you can look forward to. I think 25 is when you can rent a car, and then that's it. There's nothing to look forward to after that. Yeah, but you don't even really, like, Renting a car is kind of irrelevant nowadays because you just Uber and stuff. Yeah, that's true. So 21, it's over, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, and Life's even 21, over. that's like the 18 now because you start. <laughs> I mean, surely he hasn't been drinking before 21, right? Nah, Nobody I, does I that. doubt it. Why would he? No, NASCAR fan listening to us, he don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> Holy color me fucking surprised. Listen to this Matthew idiot. Matthew Benedetto was fired a year ago 
Did you hear me? He was fired. They told him one year from now, you will not have a job. And one year later, he's surprised to find out he does not have a job. Holy color me surprised again. It's raining and cars with no treads on their tires wreck. Wow. I can't believe it. Color me surprised again. We have cars out there with headlights on them and the headlights don't work. So we have to call the race because it's dark. What a crazy ass race. <laughs> Sounds like a drunk guy in Banana Land. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> color me surprised that you have cell phone service, but not internet. <laughs> yeah, color me surprised that we could call in the reaction theater, but we can't call, zoom in for 10 yeah, minutes. we can't today. even zoom in. Jackass. From, I know. Uh, but he's not wrong. No. Like, thank God we already talked about all that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it's thanks fine. for uh Thanks for the messages. If you want to leave an audio message, <laughs> go to uh, anchor.fm slash clear and click the message icon. We'll play the best ones each week on the show. Offer pad question of the week. We'll go to the offer pad question of the week. These are really good questions. This is probably one of the some of the best work you do if you actually do this, Jason. This must be coming from Kyle. I know. It must pad. be. Kyle's way all me. Nah, <laughs> Kyle knows what he's the doing. The twenty-three-year-old that doesn't own a home comes up with all the home questions <laughs> and drinks white claws randomly. Um, we're headed into the summer off weeks. Would you rather have a vacation home at the beach or in the mountains? What features would you like in that home? I'm uh, I'm beach, you know, uh, uh, or not even beach. Like not so much. I, I'm not a big fan of the beach. I like I water. <laughs> you know, I, you could get they, there's whaling out there in the world. You might get harpooned or something if I walk down the beach. But uh, you know, I I told Megan this, and this would be the same way for my vacation home when we were going on our honeymoon. She's like, "Where do you want to go?" I said, "I don't care." I said, "What I want is to be able to open the door of my hotel room and there be a pool right in front of me." And she did. She made it happen. So. Uh, so that would be my vacation home. It would definitely be somewhere warm. I'm not a big skier. I'm not a big, obviously, believe it or not, I'm not a big hiker. Um, so the mountains really wouldn't do much for me. Um, but, yeah, just give me somewhere warm. Give me a pool bar and uh, a cold beer in my hand, and I'm a happy guy. Yeah, you didn't. I mean, you certainly. I was really surprised you weren't the, you know, get out there in your beach towel on the beach and, and tan. Um, I don't know. I got to go with a beach house or something like that. It's just something – um. Something about, you know, even when we go to Daytona and stuff, and if you have a hotel on the beach, it's nice to just sit there and open the doors, and there's always a good breeze on the beach, and and uh, I don't know, I, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm a beach guy. Mountains is good sometimes, but it's I've I've stayed at a lot of beach houses that were really nice, and if I've had been in some mountain houses too, they're pretty nice, and I think the uh, I think the beach houses are the ticket. Jason, where are you going? Uh, beach for sure. Love the ocean. Palm trees. Favorite trees in the world. Yeah. Megan's still trying to figure out how to get me to plant a palm tree in our backyard. Don't do it. I've had them before in my old house, and they are hard. Like, you got to – they're li- the life expectancy of them are – Not well. Yeah, like, Latart told me he replaces his every year. That's fun. Or, like, once every – it's every year or every two years, something like that. Yeah. So – Sorry, big. I'll come take care of it. What do you uh, <laughs> What do you use, Jason? Like SPF a thousand? Oh, SPF fifty. The kids brand. The kids brand's the best. Fifty. Yeah. What do you put it on? Like six times, make it one fifty. I yeah. know. What do you? No, it works out. Layer. <laughs> Layer it up. I got burned the first day on my honeymoon, and Megan's like, 
uh, you know, we were in Mexico. and It's uh, good to get it out of the way the first day, though. Yeah, so good she said, she's like, she went and got me this stuff, and it was, I, I honestly don't think, like, I think 50 or 70 is, like, the highest they make, and everything else is just garbage. But this, she comes in with, like, this 120 or something, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll stick that on there. You talk about I look like That's Jason. Be so th- I look oh, like Jason, Jason Jarrett. Jarrett. Like yeah. I was, I, it was paste. I was like, I'm rub like the little dab. I'm rubbing it rub, like an hour. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just taking a shower now because this is not ever gonna rub in. The uh, if once you get up above fifty, man, it's like it's like spreading butter, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're like spreading butter on your poor and Jason Jarrett. <laughs> I don't, he must have SPF 150 or something because when he puts sunblock on, it is. But it's better than uh, the the sprays. I don't believe work really well. No, same. Yeah, I don't think the sprays work really well. But yeah, I I try to apply my sunblock every week. I I, I mean I put I put it on every week, but I've like some of the times like you got to put it on three or four times. Yeah, my neck brutal. always gets burnt. My neck is probably Jason can probably see it right now. It's like purple. That's not too bad. You sure? <laughs> yeah. that's what- Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now it looks worse. Yeah, well, you got to remember my binoculars cover some of it, <laughs> yeah. and the bottom half there is, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's purple. All right, go it's get good. a cash offer on your home today with our presenting sponsor, OfferPad.com. It's that time again where we discuss our favorite Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. Whether you're on or off the track, speed is the only thing you need. What were your favorite more than fast moments this week, TJ? Well, there's only one, so. uh my Xfinity X5 more than fast moment is going to go to the 22 car for making up two laps and coming back to a P4, and that's one of the shorter races kind of too. So hard to hard to do that, you know. Paul and Paul had a the team had a great car, and and Joey had a great race. Pat self on back. I didn't yeah. say me. I said Joey drove a great race. Paul had a fast car. TJ I did a good did job. A great job. Him. When he cleared them guys, I was right on it, man. <laughs> My Xfinity X5 more than fast moments goes to the 10. Uh, just kind of out of nowhere yesterday. I mean, they've had a little bit of speed lately, but to go down there, run down Brad. I mean, run down everybody, really. But, you know, at the end of the race there, run down Brad, pass Brad, one of his best tracks. Blaney was good all day. Run him down, pass him, and drive away from them guys. And then, you know, and then hold off the 20 late in the race when the three's trying to hold you up. He was uh, he was super fast yesterday. So that's my uh, Xfinity X5 more than fast moment was the 10 car, Eric Almarola. Here on Door Bumper Clear, being more than fast is a way of life. Thankfully, there's plenty of weekly action for our Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. You know what else is more than fast, TJ? Xfinity X5. With the speed for all your devices, you also get the reliability and security that keeps your crew connected and protected. With Xfinity X5, you can do more of what you love with faster internet and a powerful and secure connection. Follow at Xfinity Racing on Twitter for even more Xfinity X5 more than fast moments. And don't forget to vote for your favorites. Thank you to Xfinity proud premier partner of nascar what all right what an idiot tj who you got Ooh, there's a list of them this week i get um man go to freddie first because i gotta you got to decipher which one you want to go to. My Here's my favorite one. It's a spotter podcast like we talk about all the time, so I'm going to pick on a spotter because that's what we get to do. So last week, where were we last week? Atlanta. Atlanta. We're leaving Atlanta, and we have a spotter group chat with all the spotters in it. So one of the spotters puts in there, be heads up, guys, when you're rolling out. Oh. Uh, <laughs> there's cops sitting with radars on this road. Well, Drew Herring had just got done 
winning the Xfinity race with Kyle Busch, uh, he sends a picture to the group with the cop behind him and says, don't worry, boys, it's all clear now. I got him out of the way for you. And he got a ticket last week after he wins the Xfinity race. So fast forward this week, he's still spotting for the 54 car. And he wins the race on Saturday again. So he goes down to his car, takes all the stuff off, throws it in the trunk, closes the trunk, walks to the door, and realizes he just locked his keys in the trunk of his car. And now he's got to flag cops down. He had Brandon Manesh over there trying to help him. They essentially had to break into the car. Then the couldn't even once they got in the car, still the, couldn't open the trunk. So then they had to figure out a way to get in the back, like take the back seat down and climb through the back seat into the yeah. trunk to get the keys out. So my wooden idiot this week for his back-to-back Xfinity wins. This guy has the easiest time there ever is winning Xfinity races, and then makes it really difficult on himself to get out of there. He has no idea <laughs> what he came into the sport. With Martin Truex, past champion, with some of the fastest cars every week, and he does the Xfinity cars, which are, you know, equally well. They run good, and he spots for guys that win. He spots for Kyle, whoever's running that car, and he has never had to really endure what <laughs> the rest of us have went through at some point. But my, what an idiot, has to go to the guy that contested. Bus driver Will from back in the day. Oh, yeah. Will. <laughs> there was a gentleman at Lime Rock Park who tried to drive a motorhome across the track when there was a race going on. And I kind of feel threatened for Will because he tried to take Will's belt right here. And, you know, you can't do <laughs> he didn't it. He win but, the race, though. You know, uh, there was a race going on when he tried no, to No, he cross. said he didn't win the race like Will did. You know, oh, Will, Will the- yeah, Will won the race. Yeah. <laughs> so, But this guy, I believe, tried to cro- tried to leave or cross the racetrack while the race was going on, I believe. Did you see it? Oh, I saw I saw pictures of it. I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, so that, um, I don't know what point you can sit in a motorhome and watch cars go by on the track and think it's a good idea to try to cross at that point in time. Yeah. So, so- so just backstory, if you don't know, oh, you know the, the guy? story. No, no, no. I'm oh. just saying. I don't know that guy, but if they don't know the story, people that are new listeners might not know Tommy the story Limerock. about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, Will was Elliot Sadler's bus driver, yeah. and one of the Southern 500s got rained, rained out. Yep. And the, the motorhomes go out, basically the racetrack or pit road. And somehow Will broke out early, and was there's pictures of him beating – who was it? Bobby Labonte? I think yeah. one of the race. I think I'm pretty sure it was Bobby Labonte. Will beat Bobby Labonte to start finish he leaves line. The, he leaves the gate as the cars are <laughs> basically coming down pit road. So he's on pit road when it's pouring rain in front of the cars there lining up. So you got this motorhome and it's Will. So that's um, you know, Wheel. 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 Good old Will. Yeah. I miss Will. He was great. <laughs> he I was. mean, he still is great, but I haven't seen him. There's a while. there's a handful of motorhome drivers that I miss. Um Boyer's bus driver was always Curtis. Dirty, dirty. Curtis is he's, pretty good. He's slinging, he's slinging cars up there in Emporia, yeah. uh, Kansas. So I hope he like. Um, he's does he a tow truck driver? No, he's a car salesman. Oh, he's a salesman. Yeah, he's selling cars. Okay, there's some. Uh, I, I came across some TikTok account where it's like guys repoing cars. You ever seen them? No. You guys like Miami repo or something? People come out like. I would not want to repo I had, a car. I had some family that did that for a while. It was it's not safe. Would not want to do that. But do you, do you follow Freddie on TikTok, TJ? Are you on TikTok? Uh, maybe. I don't even know if I got an account. I, I must be because I see TikToks all the time. I, I mainly just watch this Cajun guy cook, and um, that's kind of it. I don't Dirty really... Mo Media is on TikTok. Dirty no. Mo. Oh, really? What are you guys TikToking? Well, yeah, we, we got some dances ready. So just get oh, your you dancing shoes. Is this new? Yes, is this very new. new. 
Get oh. by the time the break's over in a few weeks, we're gonna get you guys to do some dances. Uh, that's, oh yeah, that's not gonna. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, get I don't ready. know if you've seen well, my dance moves. That's There's what, only no, that's one what of we us that can dance. See. Yeah, one guy can dance in this. All right, he can stand in the front, here. but y'all have to support him in the back. I'll support him in the background. And he's got to dance to Michael Jackson or he's clogging. I'm telling you what, the price of business is going up around here. <laughs> if you want me to start dancing on TikTok, <laughs> it'll be great content. <laughs> Go viral. DBC picks after New Hampshire. Brett wins with Eric Amarola. That was a good one. He called. Freddie yeah, still no, leads with a score of eleven to seven to five. Brett's in second. TJ's See, in really third. Hurt. We're making picks for Watkins Glen, and I have Brett's pick. He'll go last, but TJ, you're first. Oh boy! Wow, this is going to be a tough one. Wonder who I'm going to pick. <laughs> is he running? Yeah. Oh uh, no, he's not. AJ? Yeah. Nope. What the hell? Brett's spotting with me. <laughs> what the? This. All right. I don't know why he's not running. Um, geez, oh man, this just got tough. Bubba's on the list. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's on there. He's gonna be on there. <laughs> man, I'm gonna go with Chris Busher. That's a solid pick. Yeah, I don't feel like it's too bad. Do we know if Cindric's running? I don't believe so. I'm not telling. I'm not. Last time I got told, he I picked him. Chris Rice was like, he's not running. Took my pick. I will take. Kyle Bush. And Brett is picking Ross Chastain. That's a good pick. Who'd you, oh, you took Briscoe? Well, if I don't yeah. win that one, geez. No, I took Busher. Oh, Busher, yeah. Yeah. Chastain's a good pick. They ran good at Road America. All right. Door bumper clears go on summer vacation. Anyone hey, go anywhere exciting? God. Uh, yeah. Real exciting. If you have two kids. Disney. Good job. I knew it. Uh, Can't wait to die in the heat all day there. <laughs> yeah, in Middle, August. I, like, and I don't know why my wife did this because we've always talked about like, oh, yeah, we always go in like December when we would go in December, January time when it's actually like 75 in Florida and nice, you know, you get away from the the cold and the rain. Nah, we're just going to go when it's 95, and I'm going to want to die by 9 o'clock in the morning. So, <laughs> solid pick. Just go to wherever that is you can drink around the world or whatever. Just stay there all Epcot. day. Oh, yeah, Epcot. But, it, like, I will say, you ever <laughs> you ever been to Food and Wine at Ep- Ep- Epcot? I haven't been to Disney since I'm, like, nine years you old. You need to go to the Food and Wine Festival there because you literally you make a lap around there, and you get – you you sample like all the food from the countries and you get a drink and a sample of food throughout the whole thing and it's actually really good. So, I think you should take I think you should take your wife, man. No, we go to Disneyland for adults, Nashville. That's where we're going. You need nice. to take your wife to Disney. <laughs> You're one of the guys that will get there and be like, "Oh, look at that." Look at that idiot wearing the goofy shirt. Like a day later, you got the same shirt on. Mickey, hey, this is fun. Mickey ears on. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Uh, we're going to Nashville for a couple days this week. I'm sure I'll go link up with our buddy Tim Duggar. Uh, I am going to, after that, we're going to New York for my sister's wedding. That got postponed since April. So mm. finally getting married. Can't believe she found somebody to put up with her, but she somehow has. Are you, um, is she going to post a lot of pictures of her wedding like Casey would? Or I mean, Probably not gonna... as many as Casey. Well, it'd be hard. I don't know if. And I don't even know if I have that many pictures of my wedding. Did you um, 
Yeah, no, for sure. I have a disc of all of them, but I think I might have posted three. What's a disc? Like a whatever scan disc, whatever. What you call it? Like a thumb drive. I don't yeah. know what to don't call it. Don't even worry about explaining it to him. Um, but where did you? When did you go up? Sunday morning or Saturday? Saturday night. She should have came with me Saturday night. Uh, it's a I bad went idea to most a, of the time. I went to a bit of a shish show Saturday night. I didn't. I didn't take part like I would normally have because we had a race the next day. I probably should have because I was worried that I screwed up the hundred percent rule when it started raining. But uh, the, the I did a podcast I don't know not long ago called the Black Flag Podcast with these maniacs. Yeah. These kids are they're like probably low twenties I would assume, uh, and they are me. 10 years ago, <laughs> and it was... Where were they at? The track? They were at the X lot. You remember where X or N lot now or something it's called? But no. it, Yeah. Those kids, Brad, Is that behind Brad, the back stretch or something? Or? Yeah, yeah. It's like up the hill. So if you come out of the tunnel and go left yeah. and go up that hill a little bit, gotcha. uh, it's up there. But yeah, Brad, Charlie, Bobby Timmons, these guys are maniacs. And I I was thankful to God that I had to drive home because I could have well, probably they, got what myself... What kind of stuff were they doing? I mean, there was there may or may not have been stripper poles involved. I think I saw somebody's grandma take their shirt off. Um, oh god, it this was is where, this is it was it was should have started the show with this. I mean, I, it was uh, it was impressive to say the least. I don't. Did I was the, so. Did the pole hold you? No, <laughs> I spun around one time and the whole tent went down. It was amazing, but yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was a show all on its own. I I can't wait to hang out with them guys when I can actually kind of partake yeah. in the excitement but it re- it brought me back to like the way i would have acted 15 20 years ago whatever it is you know that's one thing that that track has always kind of done you always get a lot of racing there that weekend and that was one that's one reason why i was like going up there because you normally had like a a bush east race or a k&n race there's always that late model race that always ran too um there's there was like five races a weekend up there so you could go and literally leave on thursday and make a whole weekend out of camping up there and that's one of the things i've always really liked about that place as well yeah for sure um great racetrack i will speaking of racetracks i'll be at riverhead raceway uh not this weekend but next weekend of course even on my vacation i have to go to some racetrack but uh yeah if you're in the area come out i'll be at the beer stand in turn three if you need me (laughs) uh there's a little tiki bar over there so i'll buy you a beer we'll talk Trash about TJ while he's not there. There's a good chance that I am uh, about dead by nine o'clock in the morning for the next week. So <laughs> starting next week. So all right. So no shows until after Watkins Glen. Where are you going? I'm actually going home for the first time in like two years. Oh, so that's, that's exciting. Fun. And going to a Red Sox game. Oh, who are they playing? Blue Jays, who are apparently really good now. Okay, or get good. Yeah, yeah where that's some Buffalo Blue Jays. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, that's what we're calling Aren't you a Mets fan? I am. You don't realize that the Pirates just kicked their ass. Like, no, we we beat, we came back yesterday. Thank God. Yeah, they won two out of three or something, though, yeah. didn't they? We blew two five run leads the first two games, and then we we came back from six nothing to win yesterday. Thank God. Yeah. Jake Degrom's on a DL now, though, so we'll see how that goes. We're yeah. first place, but we're we're trying our best to give it up. Uh, that's good though. Blue Jays are fun. Oh, so can I tell a story quick about Brett? Did you see this? You're gonna tell the one about So Brett goes to Brett goes to the baseball game with uh not Columbia. I'm definitely <laughs> that's everybody that's all everybody wants to ask me about now. That story <laughs> will never come on this show while we're running. Maybe the last show. Never possibly. say never. I'm saying the last show possibly, but while we're running, while we're continuing on, we're never gonna tell that story. But so Brett goes to um the Nationals game, his, yeah. his boy oh, yeah. Bodie is a huge uh, Fernando Tatis fan. Yeah. So Brett wanted to take him up there. And first of all, I look, I wasn't following the game, but I look, 
And the sc- it started at like 7 or 7.30 at 10 o'clock during the fifth inning. So I'm like, what's going on? Is there a rain delay? Well, I look at the score. It's 19 to 5 or something like well, that. I did see They're that. just scoring 100 runs. So I text Brett. I'm like, you picked a hell of a day to go to the game. He's like, we left. He's like, we couldn't. We were here for three hours already. It's only the fifth inning. Uh, but then I think it was the next night yeah, they had that, a shooting in the yeah. stadium. And outside. I was like, or outside the stadium that delayed the game and postponed the game, I think. But, I mean, what a crazy circumstance. That, that, that I saw that. Did that end up? What ended up happening with that? I, I I saw people got hurt. I didn't really look into it. I just I talked to Brett about it a little bit, but I was like, wow. I mean, was it? Thank it, God you guys weren't there I one think, night was later. Was it like a like a like you know disagreement? Like, I don't know. I have no. I didn't yeah. look at any of the details. I just saw where I think three or four people got injured, and yeah. I, I mean, you see the clips, the pictures of people diving in the dugout, and like it was crazy. I don't. I mean, yeah. I thank God they weren't there that night. Know. One day, one. I mean, just that have been. Yeah, I mean, because Brett has yeah. Man. Brett had his three kids with him, so I mean, it was yeah. That would have been a bad deal for them, but thankfully, they were safe. They're now sitting on a beach in Banana Land, yeah, and hopefully, the people that got hurt are going to be okay. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back better than ever. Yeah. Probably hungover. When are we coming back after a race? Or, oh yeah, we're coming after back after the Glen. So, I should have a good starting spot there. We'll see if we can try to stay in the lead lap before. I, I probably will not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it. Talk to you guys after the Glen. Howard. Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.